At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. again fellow basement dwellers welcome to the season finale of bandwagon nerds season two year two episode 104 this is the end of our second year of existence i mean guys it seems like we just celebrated episode 100 just about a month ago and now here we are with another awesome milestone it is i the lawyer dave unger here on the season finale of bandwagon nerds patrick o'dowd your true leader and and master of arms is not here today. He's got yay. <laughs> so yeah, where's the crowd? Where's the crowd reaction for that, Tony? Nothing. Ooh, even better. Okay, uh, yeah. Patrick has real world shit to do today, so it is it is. Uh, they brought in the heavy hitters for this final episode of season two, year two. I'm gonna go around the horn here and welcome in the rest of the bandwagon. Uh, here is one of the always regulars the reverend ray cash ray how are you doing today i'm doing great ah tradition tradition yes it's funny even when patrick's not here they hate you hello (laughs) so so subdued uh we also have the live studio audience one pc tunny give him a round of applause ladies and gentlemen Pizza funny. Comedic elements all around. And then uh, welcoming back to the bandwagon, the one and only, the man with the velvet pipes, the voice of Chair Shot Radio. I have no idea what kind of reaction they're going to give you, Chris, but it's the one and only Christopher Platt. No, 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 no. If Platt, Platt don't get booed, what? Chris Platt is Roddy Piper in 1989. And you, and you, you're gonna love me. 
You're gonna love me. Yes, you are. Ooh, ooh, eh. Ooh, 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 oh. What's it? Oh, greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Wasn't Roddy Piper a face in 89, Ray? I'm not. I'm old. I'm young, okay? okay. I don't know the year. Damn it. It was just the play. <laughs> Whatever this, year. 85. He fought Hogan. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. It's like 89, he was painting himself half white and half black, wasn't he? That that, <laughs> that version of Roddy Piper? That was. So that that, be, the one that got so banned. That, that version that got banned from Peacock. Yeah. That, he, was, that. Uh, he was a face then. He was two-face. Yeah. Wrong, wrong person in the Cranber compound. That's the other one. <laughs> I always feel bad for Bad News Brown during that whole thing. He's got to be like, what the fuck is going on here? So, uh, right? you know, Jesus. <laughs> Anyway, as I mentioned, this is the season finale of Bandwagon Nerds, our second year of existence. It, it has been another year, episode 104. Uh, at the very end of the back end of the episode, after our second commercial break, we're going to do some reminiscing on year two, season two of Bandwagon Nerds, and kind of run through our highlights, man. We covered a lot of stuff this year and, and went through a, a what I would term a much more normal year than season one, which was... <laughs> To say influenced by the pandemic would be an understatement. This year was a little bit different, and we're going to touch on that. But before we do that, you know, we're talking season finales. We're getting awfully close to the season finale of another show we're watching, namely Doom Patrol. But this week, we got the penultimate episode for the Doom Patrol season finale. It is uh, season three, episode nine, Evil Patrol. Let's hit some Doom Patrol music, and guys, we will talk about this craziness that is Doom Patrol. All right, so Doom Patrol, Episode 9, Evil Patrol. Um, you know, like you guys saw Airplane, right? That movie where the guy comes in and says it picked the wrong week to quit sniffing glue, that sort of thing. This episode is kind of like I picked the wrong week to lose my powers because virtually the entire Doom Patrol gets depowered at the absolute worst time. Ray, your thoughts just gen- in general, your thoughts on this episode. Um <laughs> not 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 the best of times for shit to go off the rails. I mean, but nothing ever works for these guys. That's kind of the point of the show, right? Um, True. Number one, Baby Rouge is maybe one of the biggest legitimate belly laughs I've ever had. Number one. That is hilarious. Baby Rouge. Number two, you know, the Brotherhood of Evil. I love how this show subverts like normal tropes, right? So They've subverted the fact that the the brother of evil just wants to like live happily, and that's the most evil they could be. Because all Brain wanted to do, man, was chill out in Boca Raton and dance with the old ladies, you know, dance with Gladys and Gertrude. So, and I ain't mad at it. Like, in he, my boy, cut a nice little rug. Um, so, um, but I am I am happy everybody called Rita out on the shit because. This this season has been about Rita simultaneously learning herself, but also growing away from the 
group because so much of this is all a selfish crusade for her. And they realize Larry finally explained to them or, or let everybody know she closed the door. It's really cool how all the little threads got tied up a bit. Um, the two most interesting things going forward for me for the next episode is how does Cliff get his brain back? And, and, his, brain, uh, his, body. <laughs> and his body, yes. And number two, what the hell is in Kay's mind? Yeah, so uh, let's... Tony, your thoughts. I mean, you before we get into all that stuff, Ray, because you, of course, as always, raise some very valiant or, or salient points. I don't know about how valiant they are. They're certainly salient. But um, I want to get to Ray and, and kind of or, or to Tony and see because you uh, you texted about us about the episode earlier in the week. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? And and I, I mean, you know, Ray's points notwithstanding, which are all good. What did you see in this episode that you you really? I know you enjoyed it. So what's uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I will include Patrick here because I agree and disagree with him on two different things. Last week's episode I thought was not very good, and he loved it. But I thought this week's episode was excellent. Um, one thing we do agree on that I see coming to fruition is Larry's space slug has got to be, in fact, a spirit that he had from before and, and the child or the passing on of that spirit, creating a new spirit. Because slowly but surely you see this thing creating, you know, supernatural, you know, beams of light and, and is in touch with Larry's feelings, too. Right. That's the same thing that was going on before. So it's a new spirit that he was gifted, I believe, that I bet we're going to see break out of that slug caterpillar phase and into the actual spirit that we know from the beginning of doom patrol. Um, yeah, I, I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, right when Rita needed everybody and had it all set up, everybody loses their powers, right? <laughs> Am I the only one that wants Vic to go back and get it undone? No, no we all do. Yeah, he, he's got to be side boy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's going to happen probably next season. Maybe not. Maybe that's the, how we end this next, uh, episode here in the finale but ray brings up a lot of great points it's just it's just been well done once again i guess uh we'll see what happens with cliff's brain now that brain has taken over cliff's body and don't forget about the one thing i forgot to add was the the, the bus explosion because larry's baby yep. and baby rouge was hilarious too ray i, I agree well that was 100 percent oh. awesome kind of uh action sequence there <laughs> chris have you watched any of doom patrol are you all caught up you know, it uh, that ending. You know that that was that was something. Yeah, that was something. So I didn't. Your, uh, your mic, your mic, <laughs> your mic cut out a little bit. There. Are, are you up to date on this? <laughs> he hasn't I seen have, any of it. Oh no, okay. I, I don't. I don't even know why I'm here. To be honest, why why, why am I here? I read the rundown. She's like, "What the hell am I doing here? Hey, why would could, y'all have me?" You could watch week? trailers and give us your thoughts, Chris. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just here for the jokes today, man, and well, uh, I'll break out occasionally into a song. Speaking of airplane, I, I also have a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, there wasn't actually. I, don't, I hope you didn't actually waste vodka there. Oh hell no! But yeah, I was okay. just thinking. I mean, you wanted to have me on this week, surely, Dave. You're not serious. Yeah, I, I am serious. Stop calling me Shirley. You know, it's a podcast. It's it's that thing where everybody Bob. gets together and talks. Uh, yeah, my, my thoughts on this episode were, you know, the whole thing about everybody losing their powers at the most inopportune time possible. I have no idea what's in Kay's head. It's probably not good. The stuff with uh, with Madame Rouge <laughs> going to the retirement community in Boca Raton and basically re-evilizing the Brotherhood of Evil, I guess, is a good way to look at it. 
And uh, you know, I thought when when uh, when Rita goes to Cliff and says she thinks that the baby's a shapeshifter, Clara's a shapeshifter. I'm like, boy, that's some paranoid shit. And then it turns out that just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not watching you. The baby is a shapeshifter, and it is Madame Rouge. And yeah, we we are in a very bad spot for not just Cliff for Madame Rouge as well. She's been drugged. Cliff's brain is out of the robot man body, and it's in a formaldehyde kind of char i don't know what it is and uh mr mala is is what did he throw him down a cliff or is about to throw him down a cliff or something not good meanwhile the brain's brain is now in robot man's body and like you were saying tony he's dancing the champs Elysees with the widows at the retirement home yeah exactly uh lots of french in this episode at least enough to keep it interesting then you got uh, <laughs> Ferme la bouche. Fresh you got you've got the issues with Vic and and a very I, I mean the conversation with him and his dad at the beginning was um kind of enlightening as their relationship continues to evolve this whole season. And and Silas just seems to be <laughs> starting to become a little bit too sentimental. He needs to go back to being the asshole that he is. And Vic just trying to find who he's supposed to be. Everybody's trying to find who they're supposed to be. The space parasite, like I agree with you, Tony, is going to emerge from its larva and and come back into Larry. I don't think it's going to be the same spirit as before because Larry's actually nurtured this one. Right. It's a new spirit right. that he was given, I think. I think it was kind of like a spirit pregnancy. I, and, and, and you know, the, the, the um, preview for next week, it's episode, almost looks like we're finally going to get the real negative man where Larry's going to shed his bandages and be able to self-contain the radiation and not be bandaged up anymore. That seemed they were going in that direction a little bit. Um, yeah, Jane slash K. They desperately need her powers back because, yeah, they could have used Flit instead of driving all night to uh, <laughs> to yep, get to exactly. freaking Florida. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a really very interesting episode. The end. I mean, yeah. How does how does Cliff get his brain back in the body? How do we get brain out of Cliff's robot man body? I, I mean, how does that work if it works out at all? Does Vic get his powers back? You know, it, it, Rita. Rita, like you're saying, Ray, has been the focus of the uh, of the entire season. And, you know, now she's almost like a carbon copy of, of Madame Rouge, where she's not really sure whether she's good or evil anymore because she's been completely turned around. And I think she's doubting herself in multiple ways, which has always been Rita's problem. And so uh, any predictions for Dave. any predictions for the season finale, man? I don't think she's doubting herself at all. I think she's more clear of who she wants to be or thinks she is more than ever. I just think she I think she's doubting her place in the Doom Patrol. She even said it in the episode, you know, things have felt so off since I've gotten back, but I've ignored it because this was home. But now, after, you know, uh, Kay basically got rid of all the rest of the underground and, uh, you know, Larry's no good because he's a he's a new mommy. And Victor decided to go fix all of his problems and lose all of his his actual reason to be a hero all this so i think the biggest question going well not the biggest but i think the question that we'll be asking still at the end of the finale is rita still going to be a part of the doom patrol because i could see a finale where she separates and then season four right 
yeah. is has to bring them back in some some way, form, or fashion because she's lived like she told Larry, she's lived a whole life without them. You know, so like she she already her regular life already, she was born in the thirties and so on and so forth, or whatever it was. But then she went back and lived another 70 years again. So they're not the same people she thought she was, and she's not the same people they thought she was. Um, so that um, we'll probably see Madame Rouge end up having to help them because uh, the Brotherhood of Evil turned on her, and she's been so convinced for the same amount of time as uh, Rita that this was her purpose and her and what she was supposed to do, and she realizes now that they was never really rocking with her anyway. Uh, so yeah, and whatever happens with Kay, it looks like either some something or someone. You, Tony, do you think the psychologist is maybe another form of a like you know how the fake Miranda was actually the sickness in her mind that come back? Do you think that the psychologist is maybe another form of that? I think this is something different, honestly, because I think something happened when she put all those other like Kay is the one that got rid of all the other voices, except for all the other personalities, except for Jane. Right. That's what I took from it. And I think what she ended up doing with them turned into whatever is going on. You know, that like who who was it? Um, Jane said that or Jane or Kay. I thought it was Kay maybe said that that the underground wasn't meant for to be empty to be alone. Right. Um, I don't know what we're going to see there. Uh, that's interesting turn. I would imagine you're going to get the personas you need back to win whatever battle they need to make this ending for season three here. So, I mean, you know, we clearly missed some opportunity there. I think we're going to see that happen. I think we're going to see a lot of different things happen. I think you're going to see some redemption and retribution from Rita end up, you know, realizing what's right and saving the, Doom, Doom Patrol. Well, I like what, what Ray had to say um, about the potential ending. I, I kind of have a feeling, you know, like season two ended where they were all covered in, what was it, wax it, it, from the Candlemaker. Yep. yep. And and I think like this one is going to put the team, you know, it's going to end with them in peril. And it might just be where they all decide after they triumph over the Brotherhood of Evil to go their separate ways, you know, and, and to you, disband. And, and it's going to take Niles coming back in season four to bring them back together, maybe. That's very possible because if you look at where they ended at the end like of season, at the end of this episode, Victor is really in his feelings because nobody is happy for him that he became human again. Uh, Kay and Jane are in their own world, and for the first time, Jane ignored what was going on in the underground to help them, and then such and such happened. Um, Larry's again too busy being a mom, and maybe negative man is coming. Be real. You know the first thing Cliff's going to do when he gets his body back, if he gets his body back, is go rock with Clara because she actually wants to help him now. So, yeah, you might be right. They might all be in different places, and that may be the hook for season four. Yeah, they all seem to be in a in a situation where they're a, a lot of it's self-absorption. Not that they don't care about each other. That's not it. But they all have their own pretty deep issues that are going on that don't seem to really meld or mesh well with each other from a teamwork standpoint. So I, I would not be surprised to see the season end with them all agreeing that the doom patrols no more and they go their separate ways. But 
that's Rita's fault, isn't it? Because of they course. wouldn't have felt this way or, or realized or thought of these feelings without the flagellation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that the flagellation brought it out of everybody. The whole the whole world, and Silas even kind of says it that they're all dealing with what the flagellation brought out from their subconscious, that they're trying to reconcile all these deep feelings of not just self-worth, but just trying to figure out who am I and what makes me tick. And, and they're all, all of them are dealing with that. And it's, um, you see it more in this episode than you've seen it at any point so far that they're all having varying degrees of difficulty coming to terms with well, who the hell really am I? And, and I think that's going to push this forward. So yeah, um, good discussion guys, uh, season episode three or no episode nine, season three, evil patrol. Who knows what we're going to get next week. Platt will be caught up next week. So I, I, I'm confident in all that. Well, Chris, Chris's microphone has gone to the way of the shitter again. So, um, he was singing something. We were going to get some, some, some vocals from christopher platt but instead we got i don't know that's some that sounded almost flatulent didn't it tony mm. <laughs> thanks for coming don't forget to tip your waiters <laughs> while mr platt works on his uh his uh microphone and getting it back it is time to shift into the other series that we were watching and uh i will cue in some lock and key music here Ray's favorite show, but, uh, you know, we're going to get some lock and key music here, and then I guess it's going to be Tony and I talking about <laughs> episode three from season two of Lock and Key right after this musical interlude. All right, so we're back. Tony, please tell me you watched this episode. You did, right? This morning. All right, cool. Ray? I watched it. I watched it. What? There were some locks, and a locksmith had a bunch of keys, <laughs> and they opened up a bunch of doors. And, you know, sometimes they opened up a window. You know, the special people opened up some cars. There was even a vault and one of those little, uh, what do you call them, those, those little... Foot, those little foot chests that sit at the end of the bed that you can sit on, but you can also put stuff in. That got unlocked. Like an ottoman? And then there was the... No, you know I'm talking about the one that you can carry and put in the back of a car. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? The one that you that you open up and normally you find old stuff the in. The one that they haven't made in uh, 100 years. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, this is, a old, this is a show that references old things. So this is the show y'all chose to watch. And there's that one mysterious door that uh that the baby lock couldn't open and then that's the hook for episode four you're welcome well that's, uh, that's, a little bit that's off. true this a is a it's no wonder it's a little bit off hey there's platt I, chris I, have you watched lock and key or are you uh again wondering why you're here today 
Well, yes, I am still wondering why I'm here today. Okay. But um, the thing I like most about lock and key is that it's a metaphor for life because sometimes we feel locked in our own minds nope. and our own nope. ways of being. And the key hey. to and the Delete. key to growth Delete. and expansion. Delete. Because, you know, there's a whole subset of people that were locked in their own minds and in that that proverbial closet and just kick down that closet door. Right. We're or not, we're if not you're talking about Doom Patrol key. anymore. Oh, you wait, th- I thought we were talking about locks and keys. We are. You're you're talking about yeah. stuff from Doom Patrol, people locked in their own minds and that sort of thing. So I just thought you were continue your conversation. Hey, I'm talking philosophically, keys. brother. Wow. I, right. went, I once locked my keys in my car, and that's a, and it was like December in Cleveland. Not a pretty sight. My mama, my mama got in a wreck getting my very first key to my house, to the house, and I lost it two weeks later, and she wasn't happy. Tony, you ready to actually <laughs> talk about what this episode was about? Yeah, Dave, I actually watched it. Let's do it. I, all right, so. It's for the benefit of uh, you guys, you guys just, you know, imbibe of whatever you're going to imbibe over there. Ray's going to be in drinking water. Chris, we're not sure. He's got vodka he's thrown over his shoulder, so that's good. Uh, but for the benefit of Mr. O'Dowd, who is watching the show, this episode was, uh, I, I so far, they've all been really good. This one was my favorite of the ep- of the season so far, although we're only three episodes in. But, uh, Tony, what were your overriding thoughts on this episode? We find out that... Uh, uh, the old ghost Chamberlain n- probably had a good idea that ghost Gabe was full of shit and a demon and um, mm-hmm. yeah, double crossed him a bit. Sure. Gabe wasn't too happy about that. Um, they lost the anywhere key to Duncan, who is about to figure everything else back out and get all his memories back. They got Aaron out of her own head, uh, released her from who she thought Dodge was still coming after. Her, yeah, she went from being the like kids- a, a non-factor. I don't mean to cut you off, but you're talking about Aaron. She goes from being a non-factor to like a central character in one episode. Sure. Right. An adult who, you know, found a way to remember and has a lot of knowledge of the keys and is telling these kids, you know, you don't just get rid of them, put them away, get, you know, you don't want to deal with all this interesting things. And it's just, uh, I, then we find the house, the doll house of the lock and key house. Right. Um, and the fact that that has a key to it, which Bodhi found, which he was called to once again, uh, they get attacked by a giant spider who gets into the dollhouse with the key turned on and they have to get some help with the cleanup, which is interesting. You see the giant pencil come in and kill the spider. It's just a really crazy episode going on. You can see the continuation of Kinsey and Gabe and Scott in that love triangle, uh, Gabe definitely pulling a fast one and trying to get Scott into trouble. Obviously, that's where they lose the anywhere key. But, you know, it's funny because this episode is entitled Small World, right? And it is really interesting because it's almost a a, a title of the episode that you is a microcosm of this entire show. Because when you think about nice the things that we cover here, yeah, we can hear you. Uh, so... When you think about it, though, and all these genres we deal with as far as Star Wars and Marvel and DC, et cetera, et cetera, these are gigantic worlds spread out all over the place, whether it's magic or metas or spells or whatever you want to call it. It's almost all the same thing, right? 
So it's interesting that this is such a centralized kind of story they're telling here, because as much as demons and otherworldly things are going on supernaturally, it's centrally located in this one house for the most part, right? Right. So I thought that was a nice clash of styles as far as storytelling and on the things we cover. But yeah, they're just they're just rocking and rolling once again. I, I'd love to see when they find out how they can remember, and I can't wait to find out uh, how Duncan's going to play a bigger role here with getting his memories back. Yes, you don't have anything important to add. What what do you want to add? I do have something important to ask. No, you don't. I do. You don't. don't. I promise it's not. Get the boo button ready. I I just want to know. Yep, here it comes. What was the difference between what me and Platt said in that? That's fine. Yep. That was, you you talked about earned booze, Ray. Dynamite. You earned that one, Ray. Um, And the guy. Passes it to the man, and boom goes the dynamite. Yeah, <laughs> like you're saying, Tony, it is all focused on, on Matheson. Um, it, it is cool that they indicate that the reason that Aaron and the kids could remember magic was because they knew they were going to forget it, and they made a key. So, and we already know that Gabe uh, tried to make a key. Again. How's this any different than what Ray and I said? <laughs> it's the same shit. Y'all just no, no. The difference is Platt. They're using names. That's the They're using difference. names. Yes, we could use names too. Did you see when uh, Don Trail was locked and uh, Aretha gave him the key? I'm saying, and Quintavius was like, "Bro, what is going on?" Oh my God, Quintavius, he he is the key. You guys didn't even mention a spider, so just stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it, the fact is that when Gabe tries to make a key and, and the ghost tricks him and it explodes, these kids obviously know how to make a key. Duncan, who doesn't remember anything because they took his memories and planted it in wherever it was in season one. Now he's going to remember everything and they're going to learn how to make keys, which might be a blessing and a curse. Um, but yeah, the, the, we do. And we have a, a love interest. You know, we've got Nina and, and Josh. Is it Josh? Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. No, Jamie's his daughter. I, I think it's Pinta. No, and they met at the Santa Maria. OK, Nina. There you go. I think it what is it, is it Josh or Jess? I don't remember the guy's name. But anyway, you you could see that coming. Um they get together. Jamie, I think it's his daughter's name. And he's the one that has the the, the dollhouse doll of lock key house, right, which is kind of odd. So, you know, you know, last, 2 weeks ago I mentioned maybe Duncan is something off about him. Well, that was just not having his memories back. Maybe this guy is the one that's going to be the problem. Along with could Dodge be. Gabe, whatever the fuck you want well, to call him, in Eden. Well, that's the thing. This show is no nothing is as it seems. You know, whether they're named Duncan, Quintavious, or anything in between, uh, nothing is as it seems in this show. And 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 you don't know. This guy seems like a nice guy, but the question is, where did this dollhouse come from? Who built it? It's obviously a magical dollhouse because there's a key that sure. goes to it, and it right. shrinks any and and it, and it makes it able so that you can actually look in this dollhouse and see what's really going on in Key House to the point and that you can do anything you want. Yeah. You can do anything you want, and you your physical actions outside of the dollhouse will manifest in the dollhouse because Bodie breaks his right. bed and he does all Break this, bed. and then you get the the little you know decent sized house spider turns into fucking like Aragog from Harry Potter running around the hallways and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's, I do wonder who made that dollhouse and why there's obviously a bigger reason for that than, than anything else. But yeah, you've got the evolution of Kinsey and, and Gabe and Scott and yeah, I mean, just a lot of stuff going on, but I love this episode. Ray and Chris is, uh, 
opinions on it notwithstanding. You know, I still I, I love the episode. I thought, like you're saying, Tony, they keep killing it. I'm curious to see what Patrick thought of it. Um, I think um, I don't know if we got too many commentary about it, but I think he's watching it. But uh, yeah, it's 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 going right along. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. How are they going to, you know, Gabe's obviously got to try and figure out something. You got to see, and he kind of turned into demon form variation a little bit in this episode, didn't he? Yeah, you saw a little bit of the, uh, what is he, he, he's an echo. So you've seen a little bit of the demonic side of it, of the echo come out, whereas Eden is just a demon. So we'll see. It, it's interesting. Uh, like you said, I'm interested to see what Nina's love interest has to do with this. And, you know, I think whoever made these keys and was the original holder of the keys and created that house ended up having people there for some reason that wanted to keep an eye on. And so he went, you know, built this thing that he could use to control what was going on in that house. I think we're going to find some kind of story like that backing this up. So right. it's interesting. It's hard. It's hard right now to not go ahead and just watch them all. Cause they're all there, but I've been saying, I'm not going to go ahead. So can't yeah. wait for next week. I hear you, but you raise a really good point. Somebody started all this, you know, somebody made the first keys, uh, and, and, the the lore behind that and to who is really responsible for this is something we're probably not going to find. I don't know if we'll find out this season, but you know they're probably they're, they're green lit for a couple more. Uh, but yeah, as to what's really going on and who made the house and who made all the keys and somebody did it because Bodie keeps finding him and um, Bodie kind of made some. I know Patrick was mentioning it last week. Bodie made a few more questionable decisions this episode, not as bad as the last one. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens for you guys for, you for say, the two for the two people I'll, who haven't watched it. The guy, the kid who played Georgie in it is Bodie. So I'm about to say when you say Brody, you talking about like Brody Lee or Brody Bodie. like nickname for Russell Westbrook? Bodie, Bodie, Bodie. There's no R oh. Ray. Anyway, I'm last sorry. thing I want to add is the giant gummy bear is awesome. Yes, who couldn't use a giant gummy bear, right, guys? You talking about giant gummy bears? You you got me interested now. I, I That's what it took. Had chocolate covered gummy bears. It was it was interesting because you know you bite into it and you taste the chocolate and then it's immediately followed by the gummy. <clears throat> Excuse me, it's an interesting sensation. I, I suggest you giving it a try. Up my chocolate and my gummy bear. Why it fell swoop? That's that, why you can't hear you anymore. That's why we can't hear Platt anymore. Because no one should ever eat a fucking chocolate covered gummy bear. Let's move on. <laughs> well, unless you got anything else to add to this week's episode, uh, Tony, and then we're gonna just not let Ray and Platt. Uh, t- well, we could ask Ray and Platt what's happening next week, but I don't want to do that. So uh, I mean, look, so... don't spoil it for us, please. I really don't want to know what happens with Quintavius. Just want to get. Just want to let you know. They end up going to the. They end up going to the Supreme Court, and it gets wild. That'd be a neat trick. I'm not sure. I see how they'd end up at the court that fast, but <laughs> or why? But anyway, uh, guys, I think that's uh, we've covered our two shows that we're watching on a regular. At least two of us are watching on a regular basis. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna take our first shits going down. That's. You know, basement. I, I, I gotta get. I gotta give it to him, Tony. Platt probably got it right. Shit's going down. Both shows. Shit's. Yeah, you don't need to watch the shows, Platt. You already know what's happening. Shit's going down. That could be the title for this episode. Eh, maybe not. <laughs> Damn straight. So with that being said, uh, let's take our first commercial break here. I'm going to turn it over to you. Know you wanted to know why you're here, Chris. 
This is exactly why you're here. The voice of Chairshot Radio to tell us all about the Chairshot.com, where you can get your hands on some sweet t-shirts and how you can support the cause. Can I still get those Platpalaz 2020 shirts or are they all in Indonesia now? Yeah, I think most of them actually got shipped to Cambodia. I've got a couple left on back order, but 2024 is right around the corner. That's you know, true. that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I might not be competent, but at least I'm lucid. We can't say that about the current regime. <laughs> this is unfortunately true. <laughs> but make sure. Let me see if I can do this before my mic cuts out again. Make sure y'all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash D chair shot. Pick up an official chair shot T-shirt. We literally have something for everyone. Christmas is right around the corner. The holiday season is upon us. They make excellent stocking stuffers. They're great gifts for that cousin that comes in town last minute instead of going to the, the drugstore and just buying him a bottle of, like, cool water cologne or jupe or some shit like that. You can actually support him and make him look more aesthetically pleasing or her by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Just buy about five, six of the melon farmers and just have them on hand. You can just hand them out like free school lunches. We've got Plat Blast 2020. The reason for the season is because Jesus did the job. Unless you're my brethren over here, Dave, you think that's all horse shit, but that's neither here nor there. We've got many, many other cool designs. All you have to do is go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. And by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, I guarantee that if you peruse ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, you will find something that you absolutely adore. I guarantee it. And remember, TheChairShot.com. We're not just a website. We're a movement. I also heard that Cambodia is lovely this time of year. Yes. And for all you kids at home, if you don't want to get your man Aqua Velva for fucking Christmas, go to TheChairShot.com forward slash <laughs> WrestlingTees.com forward slash TheChairShot. It makes a better stocking stuffer than another bottle of fucking Aqua Velva. Jesus. We're going to be back in a minute and 16 seconds after this message from uh, our paid endorsers. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds Season 2 Finale on TheChairShot.com, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, we're back. Guys. Can I just say it? Can I just tell you something? What's that, man? I would love an Aqua Velva Jesus edition, by the way. Ooh. Do they make those? That I see that I'd be down with that. Jewish Judaism notwithstanding. If you give me a bottle of Aqua Velva <laughs> with Jesus 
on the front of it. <laughs> Just make sure somewhere on the bottom it says he's a dude. Yeah. It smells of smells of I just, bread fish and thorns i i want to do nope. one where you open the bottle and the angels like sing you know you open the bottle of aqua oh, and it's, oh, and it's like yes now jesus are we talking about are we talking about black jesus are we talking about there's only one jesus and he that was from, and he was he was from israel and that's in the middle east so that's or, the or, or, talking about that's the or, one jesus or the dude that looks like whether one of the Allman brothers. Whether you believe he's the son, <laughs> whether or not you believe he's the son of God or not, Dave would agree with me that Jesus was Israel. That's right. Jesus is from Israel. Hey, Zeus is from Mexico City. So you know that's. <laughs> that's a character I created on WWF No Mercy for the N64. Was it? He came out with the robe and uh, the crown of thorns. He did the Jesus driver. He reigned held death destruction from the skies. <laughs> like, like Thanos, but better, you know. I think we can we can point to the spot of the show where we officially got off the rails. I got we have to do it at some point. I I think Patrick was breathing easy about the first you know first thirty minutes. He's like, oh, these guys are going to stay on track, and then no, you know, come on, Patrick, you know how we are, the four of us together. But that the won't Jesus stop driver, us. I'm done. The Jesus driver. I'm finished. <laughs> it's like the Meltzer driver, sort of, but better. <laughs> It got eight stars nobody, in Tokyo. Though. Nobody oh. gets up. Nobody gets up from the Jesus driver ray. It got fi- it got five stars in the Garden of Eden for sure. Right. Pop. You guys want to go to the trailer park? I mean, while we're no, just, I want to talk about this. No, I, I think we, I think we probably better go to the trailer park. So we're gonna hit some uh, violins and some fiddles and shit and banjos and uh, yeah, we're going to the trailer park. Weehaw! All right, guys, we got some uh, we got some trailers to watch this week. I, I, I know some of you were doing your homework on the bus this morning and watching trailers and uh, so we can get engaged in conversations. I don't know if Chris, did you watch any of these trailers or are you watching them right now, baby? Yes, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just got done with the boy. <laughs> we're talking about the chick and no fucking clue, but it said you're yapping about something. <laughs> Uh, the first one we want to talk about is the book of Boba Fett. So we'd heard about this near the end of Mandalorian season. two. Well, I think they, they made the announcement right as Mandalorian season two came to an end. We finally got our first trailer and a release date coming December 29th, you know, cause December is not going to be busy enough with, with the, Witcher, this, right? with the Witcher and Cobra. I, of course, we're covering everything. I I'm committing right now while Patrick's not here. We are covering four shows every yeah. fucking week. Uh, Patrick likes it or not, Dave and I are talking Book of Boba Fett on Bandwagon <laughs> fucking nerds every goddamn week an episode comes out. Unless Patrick wants it to be the Bandwagon nerd. 
It's a, it's <laughs> hey, a coup. We're taking no question. it. He will serpent. do this damn yeah. podcast solo. Yeah, he I will. Know, I, know he, he I know he's yelling at he's yelling at his fucking phone right now. Fuck you, Tony. This is my show, you asshole. Can't take this shit from me. <laughs> anyway, uh, now we all know Patrick's thoughts on Boba Fett are that he's in a very overrated character, but I suspect even Pat will tune in and at least give it a shot, I would assume. Uh, so in this trailer, we find out that Boba Fett has apparently taken over Jabba's old stomping grounds and Jabba's old um, compatriots, colleagues, customers, more than likely, are not exactly on board with all this and are talking some shit. And I forget who's the girl who's with him, Ray. Um, I don't remember her name, but her na- I don't remember her name on the show, but her real name is yeah. Ming Nguyen. Yeah. What's her name on the show? I'm working on it. Okay. Anyway, she's she's with Boba, and she has the best line of the trailer. You know, if you guys had said that shit to Jabba, he would have fed you to his fucking minions. Um, in other words, he would have dropped you in this pit with his rancor and watched him jump rope with your intestines, bitch. So I think that it's uh, it, the trailer looks very promising. I, I if I'm nervous about anything, I don't want to see them get bogged down in too much politics because politics is what killed the prequel trilogies. Too much of that bullshit. So I don't want to see them get bogged down into the politics of what's going on in Mos Eisley or wherever the fuck they are. I'm assuming it's Mos Eisley. But uh, I am curious to see about Boba taking control of the, uh, you know, Jabba's former criminal syndicate. So I'm in. I like the trailer. I was immediately interested. Not not real action heavy, but intrigue heavy. So, you know, Chris, did you see the trailer? Or are you watching it right now? Yeah, not not that intrigue, and of course Did they're going to get bogged down into politics, Dave. Like that's just watch, what, uh, everything's political nowadays. What, what do you, you say? Did you watch the Mandalorian, Chris? I I, I watched uh, Sasha's episodes. Okay, <laughs> the S word so, episodes. Oh, uh, she, so that bad. means he saw half I, the season, Tony. There you go. So Ming Na Wen's is so. Fennec or Fennec or Fennec Shand Shand Fennec Shand Fennec Shand. Fennec Sean, probably. I can't remember how they say it. All right. Ray, your thoughts on the trailer. Book of Boba Fett, December 29th, coming just around the corner. Whether we cover it or not, card subject to change. You never know. So we'll see what happens. What your thoughts on this trailer? I'm super in. I'm super excited. The trailer got me really hyped. I'm a guy, as a, as most of you know, and I've mentioned on the show very, very often, I am a, I'm a Star Wars fan, but not as diehard as... Um, my three compatriots and I'm not maybe I don't know, but definitely the other three. Um, and I refused to watch Mandalorian until I was forced. Once I was forced, I felt like the dumbest human being alive that I didn't join in when it first started. See so, locking. Yeah, see locking. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you want to talk about Quintavious and them locks? Uh, you can watch that with your daughters, Ray. We'll get there. What do you think? Yeah. This plea for us. It's more appropriate than watching um, The Witcher with your daughters, but yeah, I don't watch with your daughters. Well, see, here's the beauty of that. I'm not watching The Witcher at all. <laughs> That's another one, man. You gotta be watching. All right. Damn, Ray, you need, to, you need to trust us. We would never steer you wrong to your face. That is true. I appreciate that. I do. I do appreciate the the honesty about the duplicitousness. Thank you. Um, yeah. Black, black, like so. 
Platt, get Platt's your mic's out. Platt. Yeah, this, this, thanks for coming, Platt. I, boy, you are distributed <laughs> so much. You remember, you remember that scene? I can hear you laugh, but we can't hear you talk. This, this episode is like that scene in Twins. Remember when Arnold Schwarzenegger shows up and Danny DeVito's in jail and he's talking to him through the glass and Danny's just mouthing it to him. He says, you have to use the phone, asshole. So, you know, Chris. Get oh, your mic and gear. Just, just, anyway. put a, just put a board on this so we can get to the bit. real people who like really know what the fuck they're talking about. At the end of the Mandalorian uh, season, whatever season, Boba Fett, the, the, the last scene you see is Boba Fett sitting on a throne. And I didn't know if that was Jabba, Jabba the Hutt's or whatever, but uh, it's cool to see that transition and all of these secondary shows, or all of these shows, I should say, have a hook. Right, the Mandalorian was about the last vestiges of the Jedi and the child, right? Uh, and almost the last vestiges of the Mandalorian code. I appreciate that the very first words you hear in this trailer are, I'm not a bounty hunter. Okay, you let me know what the fuck the show is about. Thank you. I'm interested to see how they go. I'm interested to see how far Finnick, because remember, Finnick, he saved her life, and so she's like indebted to him. Eventually, you think, man, I'm really done with this shit. Maybe that'll happen sometime. And uh, to see basically how he... I want to see if there's any tie-ins or whatnot. I'm in. I'm excited. I'm in. They've already... They won me in Mandalorian Season 2. I'm with it. So let's go. Only disappointment is I want a Mandalorian Season 3 now. I get... I'm cool with that. So... Save that thought for the end when we talk Disney Plus Day, Ray, because you might get something there. Tony... Your thoughts on uh, on this trailer? What did you think of the Book of Boba Fett trailer? Yeah, it looks like it's going to be every bit good uh, as Mandalorian. Um, kind of given that same vibe watching the preview. I, I, obviously, the storytelling is going to be different. It's not going to be so much of a solo wandering Western as opposed to a small group trying to, it looks like, bring order to a place that's drowned with chaos right now you see the person who took over there wants to rule not with fear but with respect you got a hard time talking in the old you know pillars of the uh, of the old regime that are still there and they're going to be making deals so it feels like it's a little more political right as, as opposed to one man just making decisions uh for himself in, in an effort to finish one task this one could be a little bit broader strokes so i think you're still going to get the same action you're still going to get the same vibe visually so i'm in for it yeah i i love this is the way we're telling these stories in between the major motion pictures so i'm i'm here for it disney plus just another home run do you guys feel like this show has a little bit of extra pressure on it because it's not, it's going to be the no. first one that no list. Let me finish. Damn it. Jesus. Oh, sorry. No. Ah, <laughs> can I finish a thought without you jumping in? Flash, you got the button. Yeah. Look, no. uh, no. what I was going to no. say is, do you feel like this show is under some extra pressure because there's no Jedi in this? As far as we know, it's going to be the first story they tell without Jedi. And, and if this show doesn't resonate well with the fans, is that going to force them to kind of, well, we shit, we need to retreat back to, to if we can't have a show without lightsabers. It just doesn't work. Yeah. You, you can, you guarantee there won't be any though. No. Yeah. I was about to say, you remember uh, that show that Kevin James had on CBS and it was doing really horrible. So then they went and got Leah remedy and killed off his wife. And then they, they, they basically just made it King of Queens 2.0. Like if, if the shit is tanking, man, they'll throw a Jedi in that melon farmer somehow, some way. 
Yeah, but they've already and, recorded, so they won't know. They won't know well, it's tanking until it's too late. It's 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 called re edits and reshoots, David. And and to that point, the the I think is is it fair to say maybe I'm wrong in this, but of of in the Star Wars lore, behind the the Sith and behind the Jedi, the Mandalorians may be the third most popular grouping of people. Depends on which part of history you're talking about, but yeah, you could Since take that. Since the show argument. came out. Since oh, the yeah, show right, came out. Sure. But so the there is like so man, much interest. Oh, yeah. There's so much interest in the Mandalorian code. And the one thing that this show is doing that the other show didn't do as much was they are directly referencing major things and major people from the trilogy. So yeah, they'll be fine. Okay. I'm just checking. We'll see. I if a lightsaber and look, if a lightsaber can show up in Free Guy, then there's no telling where the lightsabers can show up, right? Yeah. It's fair. Exactly. Uh let's That's move good. It's good foreshadowing there. <laughs> let's move to our second trailer. Chris, did you see the trailer for Morbius? I watched this one. Yes. Hey. Then you are going to get to tell us your thoughts first so that you can be an integral part of this show. Uh we get a vampire. Uh <laughs> Yeah, this was an interesting trailer. It's one that we've, uh, I think we saw a teaser of it a long, long, long time ago. But we know this is coming out in January. They didn't give us a date. January. God damn, that's open-ended as fuck. But uh, we'll see when it comes out. But what were your thoughts on this trailer? Are you are you interested? This is not an MCU movie. This is an in association with Marvel, air quoting that phrase, which is Venom is the same sort of uh, thing. What are your thoughts on this trailer, Chris? Are you in? Are you out? Are you on the fence? What do you think? Of course, he's got to got to got to fix his mic though. But it's so funny. All all the contrary (laughs) shit comes through. But he's about to make a point. Long story short, (laughs) dickhead. Long story short, yes. Okay. Almost. Almost back. No. No. Okay, so you can. No. We can only hear a few words of you, Chris. Can't hear you. This is thrilling podcasting. This this is this is brilliant radio ship right here. So, well, we'll come back to Chris because we can't hear him still. God damn it! Oh, well, there he is. <laughs> yeah, then we hear that. You're a moron. <laughs> yeah, this is true. No, I'm, I'm I'm all in, man. As a Spider-Man, Mark, I. God damn it! Oh, you're good. Oh, no, you can hear you now. Oh, you now you. No, we hear you. Go ahead, Chris. You were Spider-Man, Mark. That's the last thing we heard from you. Okay, cool. No, it was it was oddly comforting to see Mobius again. Like I was a, you know, I was kind of lukewarm of the character in the comics and on the TV shows and stuff like that. But the trailer looks good, and I'm here for it. The Venom movies were good. Deadpool is the shit, so I'm in. And I'm sure somehow, some way, everything will get intertwined and interconnected because you know, if there's a check to be made, you know, they'll figure it out. This is very true. Tony, uh, your thoughts on the Morbius trailer? You uh, in, out, on the fence? What were your reactions to this? I think Jarrett Leto is going to play this character very well. It seems like a more suited personality as far as a whatever meta or magical supernatural being as opposed to the other roles he's played. Uh, I feel a little more believable in in his portrayal here. So I'm interested in that way. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, it, it looks interesting. It, the fact that you have this beast inside of him, right, that it, you have that internal struggle where he doesn't necessarily seem to, I don't know, want to do all the killing and things of that nature, maybe. But, you know, that's, that doesn't have much of a choice. And uh, 
I love the part at the end where, you know, he was, uh, is he a doctor? What is he? Yeah. Doctor. And he's just fucking with the guy he's about to treat or something like that. Or he was fucking with the guy he's about to kill. I'm not sure which one. So tells him he's venom. Yeah. Nice little subtle, not so subtle tie in. Didn't, uh, there was an appearance of Michael Keaton in this trailer too. Wasn't there? Yep. Where he was vulture. You got to assume that's vulture, which is another tie into the, to the MCU. So You've got now they're not really hiding that card so much ever since the post credit trailer in uh, in Venom, as we saw. But, um, yeah, it's this character to me, Morbius. And I'm going to turn it over to you, Ray, to to get your thoughts on this. uh, Certainly more layered of a character than Eddie Brock is, at least what we've got so far. There seems to be a bigger backstory to this guy um, and, and what he was going through that led to this transformation of sorts. I know you know a little bit about Morbius. So, you know, and the most important thing about the vampires, they don't glitter in the sunlight. So that's a big plus, you know, that, you know, I don't want to see them without their shirt on, but that's okay. Ray, your thoughts on the Morbius trailer. Well, first and foremost, Spider-Man's rogues gallery is dope. This continues to show that. Um, Morbius as a character is a very cool character if used correctly, because he is in a perfect way, truly an anti-hero because he doesn't want to do the bad things he does, but he's also the living embodiment of a vampire high blade. Um, so it's really cool. As I'm trust me, that might be the post credit scene. You heard it here first. Um, but so the trailer was dope. Trailer was dope because number one, it gave you a little bit more into the backstory of who Michael Morbius is, you know, a fantastic doctor who just wants to heal people and use the healing factors of bats and whatnot. Shows a little bit more of the idea of the movie. We still don't know who the big bad or what the big bad is. How Tyrese keep getting them checks, I don't know. But shout out to Tyrese, keep getting them checks. Because the more getting buried, <laughs> he know where everybody. Yes, he walked in on some shit he wasn't supposed to walk in on. So now they have to keep him gamely employed. Plus, that Benny Hanna's in his backyard ain't gonna pay for itself, Ray. That's, <laughs> he, was that's almost, a great point. he was almost one of them bodies when he opened his big mouth with Dr. Dre's house. <laughs> well, man, look, uh, he didn't open his mouth a whole bunch too. What more do you want from me? Um, but no. Hey, man, we billionaires, Dre Luke. We. <laughs> <laughs> right? I appreciate that they touch, they they have a little bit of touch into all of the Spider-Man universes, all four of them. Daily Bugle, you see a lot of things that are referenced from the Raimi-verse, whatever the shit was with Andrew Garfield-verse. MCU and Sony, so it's it's cool. Um, this is one of the, I think this is the t- perfect type of trailer that it tells you what you need to know, but it doesn't tell you anything. And yeah. so I'm in for it. I'm here for it. And um, I love the little joke of I'm Venom. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. That lets you know he, like, Venom had to figure out to be good. I think Morbius is going to be good from Jump and something flips him. That's interesting. Well, you raised the point about him being an anti-hero that they don't want to do the bad things, but it's a irresistible impulse sort of situation. They kind of have to Venom's the same way. And they both wrestle with that conflict within them as far as I want to be a hero, but I'm compelled to not be that sort of situation. But but yeah, I, I you raise a real good point, Ray. I would not be surprised to see Blade in the post credit other than the fact that Blade we know is going to be an MCU character. They're not all the way entrenched yet, so they may not go in that direction. But you never know. So, Dave, 
We saw Adam Warlock in a in a trailer six years ago. Yeah. He's coming, Ray. He's coming, Ray. Even though, even, though, coming. even though the Infinity Saga is over and it would make no sense to bring him in now. But then again, we are going to see the Eternals this afternoon. And we're well, still trying to figure out why are we doing this now? So we're going to find a lot sure. out. And the way they flipped it made him the sister of Aisha and the golden people, whatever their names are called. The, whatever they're called. Eh, they work. More on Eternals this week on the Nerd Review as we will all be taking our crack at reviewing this uh, very split opinion as to the fans as to this movie we're going to find out more about that uh switching away completely i mean you got morbius at one extreme and then to our good friend mr o'dowd who posted this trailer earlier this week we've got the complete opposite end of the spectrum a boy called christmas we got the trailer for this it dropped i watched it i think i made the the comment to patrick's like dude i just got done terrorizing children now you want me to get all cheery and and in the holiday spirit about this i can't do it yet but it's a it's a fun trailer. This is going to be a Netflix movie. It's dropping, I think, November 24th, right? So this is Thanksgiving week. It's coming out the same day that <laughs> I'm not sure this was strategically a good move, but it's the same day that Hawkeye debuts. So we know what Ray's watching and it won't be a boy called Christmas. But uh, did you guys all watch this trailer? What are your thoughts? It's very uplifting. It's it's it looks like a, a traditional another take on a more traditional Christmas story which is all fine. You've got cute creatures running around. You've got kids involved. It's got the spirit of Christmas. It's got everything you want from a holiday movie. You guys going to check it out. Tony, I'm going to kick it over to you first. He's Don't busy imitating Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Drop the balls. Just let the, no, you just let the whole fucking thing go. Nothing went anywhere. So you got, this has to stay closed. You just let that one go. Yeah, you can't let them both go, Ray. Just oh, <laughs> like what is he doing? He's letting he's like the whole thing just gonna lay right there in front of you. I'm anyway. just glad to know I'm not the only fuck up because y'all Miller Farmers ain't exactly got your A games today either. So <laughs> I have brought shame to my family and my favorite superhero. <laughs> heavy, heavy shoulders today, right, Dave? Anyway, a boy named Christmas. Yeah, take that, Chris. Uh, a boy named Christmas. I like I like the story that's being told. It's almost the story of. Christmas, the beginning of Christmas magic, uh, in believing in Christmas and that becoming the magic that that is needed to uh, make reindeer fly and and Santa deliver presents and everything else. And it's how Chris Kringle, uh, you know, Saint Nick, whatever you want to, what's his name, Nicholas, right? Right. Yes. Becomes the one that runs the magical North Pole. He's not in charge of where he's at the North Pole, clearly, right? And humans aren't allowed to be there. Well, at some point in this story. He's the one in charge of the entire North Pole and the operation. So I love that this is the story of how he becomes the keeper of the North Pole and Christmas. That's what I took away from it. It, it looks like an interesting story. I'm sure I'll watch it at some point. Mr. Platt, assuming your microphone's working, did you watch this one? I did watch this one, and I'm I'm here for it. I mean, it, it gives me it kind of gives me never-ending story vibes. And sure. that's a movie that I, I watched a lot as a child because it was my mother's favorite movie. So it, it gives me those vibes, that kind of fantasy, fantastical type of stuff. But, yeah, I'm here for it. It, it looks like a fun holiday movie, you know? Nice would way to waste com- a couple hours, you know? That's what you would want. She wear, would she wear combat boots while she watched it? Yeah, to put her foot up your ass, Tony. Your mother's an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Mr. Cash. Yeah, she goes... Stick that rocket. She's going to turn that son bitch sideways and stick it straight up your candy ass, honey. 
Percival Charles, I've Peter that before. Where did I hear the term? Peter Channing. Yeah. Did you hear what? From? Peter Chris. His name's Peter Chris Tunney, the drummer from Peter Chris. Chris. Yeah, nice. Peter Chris. There you go. Nice. Ray, nope. uh, I know you're not going to watch this on November 24th for obvious reasons, but did you see anything in this trailer that makes you say you want to check it out? Sit down with your kids after you're done getting caught up on Lock and Key. Maybe watch a little Witcher with them. Then you're going to turn on a boy, uh, boy called Christmas. Is there any chance of that? Well, look, first of all, most, I hate Thanksgiving, so I'm very happy they're giving this to me. Secondly, uh, I'm here for all these stupid, sappy Christmas movies. I love them. They, they, I, Christmas is my holiday. I, I was raised to be a Christmas person. And all these things are cool, but what what what's most important to me is, you know, you sappy and stupid is cool, but can it be interesting? And there is some interest in this movie. It's not just, you know, oh Christmas. No, like there is actually a little plot in this movie. I'm with it. I'm cool. I'm happy for it. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm watching the 24th after my first few episodes of Hawkeye. And after Speaking Lock of, and Key uh, and The Witcher. Yes, got it. Oh no! Those will be watched on uh, that. Will, those will be watched on no, on November thirty first. I hope you got vacation coming up, Ray. <laughs> November thirty first. That's okay. Yes, good one. Speaking of Thanksgiving, I, I just went and got my Popeyes turkey yesterday. I was curious. We're gonna check it out. Popeyes, we do it every year. Popeyes we get turkey. the Popeyes turkey every year. Oh yeah, it's, so it's good. Oh, it's fantastic. Cool, cool. I got a couple of turkeys ordered that I'm gonna I'm gonna do up so. I got two, hey, two, two small ones because my wife, the one I want to do is going to have some Cajun kick to it. My wife was like, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we just have a traditional one? I said, well, I guess cool. I'm going to get a smaller one for us. Clearly, we need to be in Bakersfield because this motherfucker be having parties oh, out the wazoo. Burnt mm-hmm. ends look money, dude. Oh, they, mm-hmm. were, they were money, baby. They were. They, were, sure they, they were. came out Great. perfect. So we're, we're going out for breakfast on Thanksgiving instead. Nice, nice. Ray, does the does it generate a lot of juice in the pan? Because that that's been my only concern. Because I make my stuffing like I literally bake the cornbread from scratch, and then I use the juices from the turkey, you know, in the stuffing. So, I, you know, I put a, I put the juices in the pot and bring it to a boil and all that stuff, and you know, the herbs and spices and onions and all that shit. It does generate a, a, a decent amount of juice, but you got to remember they give it to you frozen, so it depends on. How long mm. you ever thawed out, and how what the juices are with that? Because it's a it's a frozen bird. You have to let it yeah. thaw for a couple of days. That uh, shit heavy so, as hell too. Oh boy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, we buy two every year. So I mean, I be in that bitch like lifting weights. I yeah. So defrosted a couple of days prior, because typically I just do the night before and I just let it sit in cold water overnight. Give it a couple of days. Okay. Cool. Definitely. Cooking tips from Leave Ray Cash here on Bandwagon oh. Nerds. Right, uh, Chris, uh, just uh, unwrap, leave it out in the sun for for a few days, be just fine. Yeah, no bad could happen, right? What could go wrong? Right? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fourth trailer is one that I have to thank Patrick for because he dropped it on us early this morning. Uh, has anybody, uh, the other three of you guys, I know anybody watched Stranger Things? I'm seeing the X signs go up. Chris, have you seen it? Ray, no. So I guess I'm soloing this fucking trailer. Uh, you want me to get my daughter? She's you want me to get my daughter? She's watched Stranger Things. Hey man, get yeah. her. And she watch a trailer. I actually, Good. do that. Yes, please do yeah. that. That would be yeah. cool as hell. All right, we can't have the dead air. That just doesn't work. But anyway, we did get the uh, latest trailer for season four of Stranger Things, which is kind of um. Up oh, here she is. So 
All right, this is this is your debut. If your dad would give you uh, headphones that actually work, that would be helpful. But you know, that's too much to ask. <laughs> so, so we understand. Uh, what, what is what is your name, young lady? Anaya. All right, and your dad is uh, throwing you under the bus by saying that you are a Stranger Things fan. Is that true? Stranger Things, right? Yeah, I watch Stranger Things. Tell me what you think of it. It's cool. Who's your favorite character? The girl. Eleven? Eleven. Yeah, eleven. Okay. And this trailer was you know all about season four coming. You wanna watch season four? Yes. You do? So do you remember what happened in season three? They got older and the monster <laughs> came back. That's right. That's right? true. That's that's true. And at the end of season They got older and the monster came back and had to face more diff- difficult challenges. That's right. I think they're gonna have more difficult challenges in season four because they're they're still older than that. They're grown now, right? Growing older, yes. They are. Uh, they are definitely growing older. At the end of season three, L and uh, was went on a uh, journey with her family, and it apparently they end up in California. And it's been 185 days since they went out there, which is roughly a half year. And L's having a little bit of difficulty acclimating to her classmates in California, and then everything kind of goes off the rails. So I'm in. What do you think of it? Did you see the trailer I, for season four? I, one more question. She hasn't seen the trailer yet. One oh, more, can I ask okay. her one more question? Yes. One more question, Renaya. What do you want to see happen in season four? Well, I want to see more epic stuff. Like Epic stuff? Like, give me an example. I feel like I like her full power. Okay. Do you want to see her blow up something? <laughs> That's epic. You don't want to see that? I mean... I want to see. I want to see all the monsters, like the whole market for good. Okay. And I want. To, I wanted to see her meet new friends and how like. Oh, so you don't like the friends she got? I do, but see, I want to. See, I want her to see. I want her to meet new friends. Okay, so what if she meets new friends and gets rid of the old friends she got? Would that be okay? No, <laughs> so you want them to add to the group. Got you. Okay. Thank you, baby. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Excellent. Give her your applause, guys. That was good. She's better than you, no really. Just saying, Platt. man. No one can hear you, Plaid. Plaid, we can't hear you. Oh, I know she's better than me. That's why. I, that's why I make sure they are away from the door, away from everything when I do this, because they're going to take my job eventually. Well, and she, I don't want it to happen yet. She raises a good point that in saying that she wants to see Elle's powers expand, and at the end of season three, Elle is depowered. She's lost her powers. So somewhere along the way, she's going to get her powers back. I think your daughter's onto something. We're going to see those powers expand greatly but yeah in this trailer Elle's being picked on by the kids in her new school in california talking about seeing mike mike he's gotten older his hair is quite a bit longer my wife came in the in the room right now you haven't seen the latest trailer for season four go go watch it hun so you know maybe if you want to comment on it. not a whole lot they still hey, don't babe, you want to come on the show go watch the trailer yeah babe, <laughs> you're gonna sit right here you get your ass in there and watch this trailer now so I lay the I lay the law down in this house. Bring me a beer. Yeah, hey hon. That's is Dave's there any beer left from the that's poker Dave. party last that's night? Not me. That's Dave. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, Tony, you met, like, you met, Platt, you met my wife. I you know that's not gonna go over so well. Oh, I, I know, yeah, that's what's funny about it. Plus, my woman's not here right now, so I'm talking cash money shit. <laughs> <laughs> right now everything is yes ma'am for you for a month. Yeah. so the uh the trailer's cool but 
still no no idea when this uh, when it's coming out. Sometime this year, we can only hope. They, but it is it is encouraging to see more footage. We don't get anything from Hopper. We still know he's in some labor camp in Russia or something, and you don't see anything really from the anything added on from the first trailer where the kids are in. It could be it could be Key House, Tony. They might have been in Key House for all we know. But we should ask Platt and Ray about it. <laughs> as, as, as a matter of fact, is 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 Kayleen, Can she hear me? Is she available? She's in. The- okay. Well, I- yep. There goes your microphone. <laughs> There goes your microphone. Every time Chris has got a really good point to make, I know it just shits out. There it goes. All right. Can't hear you. You guys ready? I'm sure Chris will be be back in in a few minutes, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, he'll be black in a few minutes too. A little little Freudian slip there, huh, Dave? A little bit, a little bit, Chris. I'm sorry, man. I I know you're already black, but uh, you know. No worries, man. I'm just fucking with it's you. It's what brother. I try trying to do too many words all at once, and, and this almost <laughs> 53-year-old brain is just not working. So anyway, let's let's leave the trailers, the trailer park behind. Let's hit some news around the Nerdosphere very quickly. Let's get some news music. Somebody Nerdosphere, Nerdosphere, Nerdosphere. The dogs are happy. Thank right you on. Yes. That's because the Browns are up 34 to 10. So all the dogs happy right Ooh, now. Baby. That's right. The do- our own dog pound. Of, of all the things you were able to say on the mic that worked, that was one of them. 34 wow. to 10. 34 to 10. It's convenient how. Can we cut just... his mic off, yo? No. <laughs> it's going to do that on its own, Ray. Um, <laughs> Give so it time. The first. Time. The first, I got a few news stories. There's a lot of news stories. Ray posted a lot of good stuff this week, but I do want to I want to save some time to talk about kind of the recap of season two at the end. So I'm just hitting a few of the highlights. Uh, the big one, though, the biggest one, the story of the week, um, Image Comics has some. And God, the dogs are just not happy. You guys, that's what I don't think they enjoy. It. I, they're no. not Image Comics. Fans, they're not. Dude. They're they're anti-union apparently. So the comics writers at Image have created a union, and Apparently, Image, they wanted Image to automatically recognize the union and say, hey, yeah, you're awesome. Let's enter into a CBA. And Image Comics is like, um, I think we need to bring a third party into this whole situation and kind of oversee what's going on. No, you cannot have my PIN number. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, union dues and immediate raises and all these other, be- uh, you know, we need to get the National Labor Relations Board in to kind of oversee what's going on. Not surprising. I don't think that it is. It is the first time a comics writers of any of the big companies have decided to unionize. It's not Marvel or DC, although it certainly has ramifications for Marvel and DC. But yeah, you've got the comics writers for Image Comics unionizing, creating a union, not being automatically recognized. Look, I, I will say this because invariably, I know one of you guys will probably ask for the legal opinion on this thing. I've done a few. Uh, collective bargaining agreements, but I've never really been involved in the formation of a union, which is a really big deal because unions carry a lot, a lot of power. They can lobby. They I've seen unions get shit changed in stunningly fast time at the, at the legislative level. So it's, um, it's a big step for comic writers to get whatever they feel like they're not getting and to get that recognition. But I don't necessarily think images, uh, response is surprising i think the statement at the end of it that this is not the end this is just the beginning is very poignant 
and very true. And this is going to evolve over a little bit of time. Your guys' thoughts on this story? Image Comics writers are unionizing, and the actual subsidiary or parent company is like, eh, we kind of need our own opinion on this thing before we just say, sure, come on in. I think it's about 50 years too late. <laughs> to, to, to be quite honest with it, like, the, you know, the comic book industry is on life support as is. I think it's a good idea in theory. Now, in execution, sometimes, you know, that's when these things tend to fall apart. When you enter the when you when you introduce the human elements into anything, we, we end up fucking shit up anyway. But in theory, I think it's a good idea. We'll we'll have to see if they're able to uh, successfully land the plane, however. Uh, so I have two I have two simple questions. First and foremost. Why aren't they a part of, of the Screen Actors Guild of SAG? Because that falls under the jurisdiction. Does it though? It know. should if you look if you if you no, if Screen Actors Guild isn't just for actors, it's for writers, mm-hmm. it's I for guess. um crew, it's for all of that. Mm-hmm. And both the comic world has gotten so expansive now that I would figure it would fall under that under the pretenses. Maybe it isn't. Um, but my second, this leads to my second question, and these are rhetorical questions. We don't have to really answer them. Yeah, but the problem with that is the first word of 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 the organization you just brought up. Yes, I understand that, but I, there are people who are, who work who are with who are part of the Screen Actors Guild that got nothing to do with anything on screen. So yeah, just that would be your your thought. But if you look at like if you go to the website and look at everything that they're supposed to cover, a little right, more. These writers aren't writing for a screen. Yeah, there's eventually there's like comic book adaptations and, and things of that nature. But yeah, they're. But go ahead, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. Please. No, no, no. You're good, and it's a it's a fair point, and I could be wrong, but I'm just I'm telling you, go to the website and read everything that they they cover. Writers of 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 of, of print are in are included in in some forms of fashion. I could be wrong. If I am, I I admit it. And I apologize. But if second yeah. question. Second question real quick is, uh, if you create a labor union, don't you have to talk to the Department of Labor or the Labor Board? You can't just, like, make one arbitrarily because us four could make the labor, the union of disgruntled podcasters and go to these companies and say you need to pay us more. And it's not a it's not a legally binding thing. And, you you know, and so, like, I'm all for unions if they're done right. I have no qualms with image saying, let's make sure this shit is real and legit before we start stepping at the table and having to make concessions. I ain't got no problem with that. I think we should, you know, Tony, let Greg know we're going to unionize. Okay. Just see what he says about that. It, it's, it's all good. Um, I, Power I to the podcast. That's right. I don't know all the rules about unionizing and how, when they're formed, what sort of ratification process you need or when they're, recognized i know for like you know what we used to do is with governmental entities is an entirely different sort of deal than what you got here with the private industry so i'm not really sure how it works but i would think there's some oversight committee that actually ratifies and says yes you're a recognized union and 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 therefore you've got certain rights and privileges and that sort of thing i'm not sure how it all works i'm not sure the answer to your first question either organization it's a it's a taxable organization so the government has some kind of hold on it right i mean it's always connection when money is involved. And a lot of unions will get tax-exempt status. So you got to figure the uh, government's going to want to know about that. Wait, you're not going to pay us? Okay, we need to look into this a little bit more. I don't know the answer to your first question either, Ray, as to why they're not part of the Screen Actors Guild, but apparently they felt like they weren't, and that wasn't forthcoming. 
So they had to do something on their own and say, well, here's how we want to unionize and do all this thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's all good points. Tony, you got any uh, any additional thoughts on this? No, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, shout out shout out to them, though, for, you know, shooting their shot. I'm always for talent creators getting their just dues monetarily. I just, again, we'll, we'll, we'll just wait and see. And, we'll, you know, the funny exactly. thing is, uh, what if, like, Todd McFarlane or some shit becomes like the Jimmy Hoffa of the uh, the comic world, you We're know? <laughs> join up with the Teamsters, yes. Yeah. Um, SAG AFTRA has, a audio, has an audio book section. Ain't nothing about that on screen. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be an interesting question to ask SAG as to, hey, why, uh, why do the comic writers, why do they have to create their own union? There's got to be some reason that they feel compelled to do so. And, I, I mean, from a union standpoint, if it's correctly formed, recognized and, and approved, it does give them leverage, you know, and, and that's, that's the biggest thing is that you're an entity that feels like I have no leverage unless we all band together and then you create some leverage. So good for them. We'll see how this plays out over the few weeks, coming weeks. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not a optimistic about how this is going to go. I think this was uh the lesson that George Orwell was trying to teach us in animal farm it, that anytime you introduce the human elements into anything, Eventually, it's going to go south. And then pigs walk on two fucking hooks. <laughs> that's I'm, all I'm I down, learned from I'm down for that. Yeah, people just tend <laughs> to fuck things up. So that's there's no doubt about that. Uh, this other story I wanted to talk about is more rumor than anything else, but it did elicit a fun little conversation between Patrick and I. And I know Ray, I'm sure he's got opinions on this. So here it is. Chris, you'll like this. This goes into the Spider-Man realm. You're a big Spider-Man, Mark, as you said. So one of the theories that is going around now is that Spider-Man No Way Home with all the rumors that Andrew Garfield's going to be in there, that Tobey Maguire's there. We've already seen Alfred Molina's character. We don't know who else is showing up. You're like, gosh, all these characters, they're really popping the multiverse open. The question posed by this article off of CBR is, are they? What if, this is a correlation to what if, what if all these additional characters aren't really multiversal, but they're all scrolls? And I'm not saying I want Stop. that. <laughs> Stop. I'm not saying Stop. I want that to happen. Oh, God. But out of all the rumors that are out there, I think, Ray, I'm going to kick it over to you first. On a scale of one to ten, the plausibility factor of this, because I would probably put it at a seven as far as it being plausible. What do you think? I want to quote the the modern philosopher, uh, Nevadius Demon Wilburn, also known as the future. And on his uh, classic poem, I Mask Off, he says the Wait, words, and I quote, Ain't no way, ain't no fucking way. This is a zero, settle, it ain't no way it's happening. The, 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 the first thing we were taught about squirrels is that they don't have the memories of the people that they copy, right? So... For them to be the Sinister Six or these people who are coming from these other multiverses, squirrels also don't copy the powers of the people, right? If a squirrel copies Captain Captain Marvel, they can't fly all of a sudden. They don't they don't copy the powers. So when you see Doc Ock come up and say, "Hey, Peter," one, okay, maybe you could say the squirrel knows who Peter is because he's watched watched him Spider-Man pop up, two? right? Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, that yeah, maybe he's a Sam Raimi fan, but it's just it's it's too many details for it to be effectively a squirrel, right? It's with was way too many details that are too 
far ago for this to be a squirrel. That's the reason why Fury knew that uh, the dude ahead of him was a squirrel, because he called him Nicholas. So, uh, yeah, ain't no way, man. And it would ruin everything about that movie. And Kevin Feige don't miss. Yeah, right. I, I agree. I'm convinced, Ray. I'll, I'll I'm down the, to a four now. So thank you. I say a two. I'll say two because it's possible. But it, 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 it's really it will really be hustling backwards because the introduction of the multiverse, it opens up so many possibilities for future titles. I, I, you know, you would kind of be shooting yourself in the foot if that was the big reveal. So I, I don't want it to be so. I don't think it's so. I'll give it a two out of ten, though, that and it's possible. And to Platt's point, if it if it all is a ruse, then what the capital T H E E fuck was the point of the Venom reveal? Don't know. Don't know. I mean, the only reason it's got any plausibility at all is because we know Secret Invasion is coming. So we know scrolls, we know the scrolls are out there. We don't know how they're gonna be introduced. Um the fact that this has got any traction at all is somewhat <laughs> somewhat remarkable. But, um, I, you know, that's the only reason I give it plausibility on any level, whether it's a seven or a four or a ten or a two or whatever. It's just we well, know that the scrolls are coming. If we're going to talk nonsense, then let's go ahead and have that talk about Mephisto. Let's do it. All right. People have been go stuck ahead, in the house too long. That, that's why it's a thing. People been stuck in the house way too long. Like this is why at the end of this podcast we always implored you to get out the basement and go get some sun, okay? <laughs> or even stand in the rain for that matter, instead of just delving in all this bullshit. Tony, you give this zero percent chance of being credible. Why? I, yeah, well, I mean, see Ray Cash. <laughs> just just refer to Ray's argument. Ray makes some good points. Yeah, I mean, it's, I. I'm here. I'll tell you this. I'm looking forward to when that use of when when the use of that weapon comes as in 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 storytelling for what they're doing here. Right. At some point, they need to figure out where the where that is going to happen. Right. We're going to have to tell that story. But what's the smartest way to do it? And, you know, not to poo poo like our. Uh, intuitions and 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 sense of what's going on and and knowing the history of everything and our intellect here but you know if, if we're smart enough to poke that many holes in it this this early on you know it, it i don't i just don't see it happening i can't wait for it to happen though right and we know it's coming at some point highly unlikely it's here but i i think i think ray you all three of you guys make good points it would be that'd be kind of lazy booking to steal some wrestling parlance to do it right here right You'd leave yourself shorthanded at another point in time telling this story overall. That's right. Yep. So uh, collectively, not much credibility to this rumor, which probably means that it's going to be accurate because we've all shut it down. <laughs> Therefore, it will come to fruition. The last uh, little news story I wanted to talk about before we take our second commercial break, and, and this got people panicking as well because they didn't read everything about this, but we got the word that Ryan Reynolds, who's been very busy lately, you know, buying Mint Mobile and doing all that kind of shit, maybe a few movies here and there along the way, announced he's taken a sabbatical from acting. He's not retiring. He's not going away forever. He's actually doing this for the right reasons, guys. God forbid a guy like Ryan Reynolds wants to hang out with his family before the kids are teenagers and and he doesn't even know who the hell they are anymore. Um, I, I assume collectively we're all on board in supporting Ryan in this decision to say, you go, boy. You go spend some time with Blake. Maybe make a couple more kids. Do what you need to do. Make sure you know your present kids' names. That would be a helpful start. Uh, drink some Aviator Gin. 
Get a phone plan on Mint Mobile. It's all good. I, I fully support Ryan's decision here. I don't think it's going to impact Deadpool 3 whenever it's coming or any of the other stuff he's got, and he's got a lot going on. But I thought out of all the reasons for people to say, oh, you know what, I want to step back a little bit, probably the best one I've heard this year. No, shout out oh. to him, man. Seriously. Yeah, shout out to him. And I mean, Eddie Murphy is the smartest person on the planet. He's smarter than all of us because he made all his money and became the biggest star in the world very young. So then he got to enjoy the fruits of his labor and just hang out with his kids all day. The GG you know what I mean? So yeah, I, I totally support this decision. So shout out and, to Ryan Reynolds. And now that they grow and he came back to acting. And now that they grow and he came back to acting. And people, everybody, I don't never mind. I'm not gonna go down the Eddie Murphy Murphy rabbit hole. We talk about Ryan Reynolds, but <laughs> but no, shout out to him, man. Seriously. All four of us on this call are parents. We have a new parent, we have a cat parent, and we have experienced parents. I am not we all understand. You, you have just, you you are the cats. proud yeah, fur babies, man. That counts. You're the They're proud mother cats. of a of a few fur not babies. A mother, not a father, I'm and not a parent. and I quote: "You literally said this to me. Yeah, I got the cats in the divorce. <laughs> <laughs> you literally have said that to me when we first met. <laughs> Shitty lawyer, Tony. That doesn't mean their kids. That doesn't mean their kids." <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, but no, yeah, man. So we understand, and uh, you can't leave did affect that ten-year-old and a nine-year-old home alone for three nights consecutively. Okay, I mean, so some people do. You could uh, just because you could, it doesn't mean it, it should be done. Even if this does affect Deadpool three, so who cares? It can wait. And uh, Feige's already pushed back all of Phase four anyway. So look, take your time with your family, bro. Come on back. Um, We'll be here ready, waiting for it when it happens. That's one of the few, I've, I think, one of the few stars in Hollywood that you can't find a negative thing to say about. There's very few of them. No. So, like, live your life, big dog. I'm sure he'd find bad you know, things to say about Hugh Jackman, but that's another story. Tony, uh, your thoughts on uh, Ryan taking a step uh, back? Nothing will have him longing for uh, three to five months living in a trailer by himself on location on set than spending a nice chunk of time with his family. So, Ryan, we'll, we'll see you shortly. Enjoy the holiday. <laughs> and if you listen that, to that, Tony, we're going to see you a lot more soon than we thought we were. So, That's my Philip Rivers argument. He, you know, he's retired now, but in that house with those 16 kids, he'll be on somebody's television or coaching somebody by next year. <laughs> oh, if they can have John the K plus eight and the Duggars, that, Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers and the Rivers gang coming to a reality show near you. Oh, oh, the little Rivers band. Hey, don't you be talking bad about that. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Happy anniversary, baby. See, this is kind of our anniversary show. So there you go. Little River Band. Yeah. Exactly. All right, guys. I think we all agree. Go get them, Ryan. We'll see you in about six months when you're here. Like Platt says, when your kids have driven you fucking crazy. You're like, I drank all the aviator gin I can drink. I got to get back to work. So <laughs> we're going to take our second commercial break. And then we're going to come back and kind of do a recap of uh, the high points of season two, of which there have been many. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerd Season 2 Finale here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. 
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. All right, gentlemen, here we are. Season two finale. It's been a hell of a year. Uh, you look at everything that's happened in, in the last year of this show, or in the last year, going from roughly last November to this one, the world really did kind of change. You know, we had we had a very fucked up election. That's for damn sure. We had a attempted coup on the United States Capitol. You know, we had that to deal with as well. And along the way, we had the whole issue of the pandemic ebbing and flowing as this, as the year went along with it getting better getting worse vaccination controversies notwithstanding all that crap that we're not going to get into but i did kind of want to touch bases on some of the the high points of the year with you guys and i kind of broke it down cuz i mean yeah we could kind of do it chronologically but that wouldn't make a lot of sense i kind of got it into a few different categories and sent it to you guys on the rundown i want to get your thoughts on it uh to me this year really kind of saw one of the areas i wanted to ask you about um the rise of animation. Animation seemed to make a big comeback this year on a few fronts. You know, on the DC front, you know, Ray, you and I watch a lot of DC animation. I don't know if, if Chris yep. does. I, I don't know if Tony does. Uh, you know, they just keep plugging along. They had like four releases. They had Justice Society World War II, which I haven't seen that one yet. I hear good things about it. They had, lo- they had the Long Halloween 1 and 2, which I know you've said is fantastic. A great adaptation. And then, of course, they had injustice at the end. And you and I covered that, and we definitely disagreed with a lot of the assholes. I mean, people out there who didn't quite dig it, but that's okay. So DC- Don't forget Harley Quinn and Young Justice Outsiders. That counts, too. Yeah, it does. It does, absolutely. They rolled along. Marvel, who's never been known for their animation, comes up with What If, which is one of the shows we covered and was absolutely fantastic. But the show that I want to throw out there that stole it all for me, animation-wise, and it's the great, probably the best animation, yeah, Arcane as well, on Netflix, lots of animation, and I'm, you guys can talk about that when we kick it to you. Um, Invincible was the show that did it for me this year. Holy shit. Possibly, I, I don't even know if I'd say possibly, that's the greatest animated series I've ever seen. Eight episodes based on the on the great run of comics by image comics. We talked about them earlier. Um, anybody who's listening to this show who hasn't watched invincible yet, if you've got some preconceived notion as to what animation is, go watch invincible. It will totally change your outlook on whatever you think about animation and what kind of story can be told through that medium. Those are the things that stand out for me on the animation front Tony, you brought up Arcane a little bit. What are your thoughts on on this year that, you know, the second season of Bandwagon Nerds was a lot of animation in this last year. We saw in a lot of different areas, a lot of different formats. I hit some of the highlights that stood out to me. Uh, Your thoughts on this year as far as like animation and things like that are concerned. I think What If and Invincible probably lead the the way here. Uh, You guys mentioned DC doing a lot of really good things as well it's it's just become more accepted as the as i don't know from your generation dave and we're going about 10 years at a time from dave to myself to ray it just became okay to continue with animation into more adult themes as we got older whereas before it was there wasn't a lot of it was kind of 
cliche to watch animation and you know you're as an adult and it was always for kids but now it's just another way of storytelling another medium right and and the farther we get along in society technologically the 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 amount of mediums and and ways to consume said media it, it just grows and becomes more accepted and hopefully as a culture we follow suit and become more accepting and tolerant and things of that nature just to kind of throw that out there but yeah animation's on fire right now what if an Invincible really steal the show for me as, as far as that goes, if you're talking about more adult-themed kind of things? Chris, have you checked out? I mean, I know you watched some of What If. Uh, did, I don't know if you saw Invincible or not. If you checked that out. What are your thoughts on the uh, on how animation has kind of just caught fire? I mean, not that it, it wasn't ever on fire, but I think this second season of Bandwagon Nerds, if you're looking at from last November at this time, November 2020 to now, you look at the animate the content that came out from an animation standpoint was one of the strongest years that I can ever remember them having. Uh, did you watch a lot of it, and what are your thoughts on it? Um, I did check some of it out. What if I think was obviously my favorite, but it's it, it's interesting to me, Dave, because on one hand, animation is is hella expensive to make. I mean, you know, just going from show to show, like it's extremely expensive, but. I guess considering where we are in the world and where we've been this past year, it's probably the the safer alternative if you don't want to deal with all all that the complications that come with trying to gather an entire crew of individuals and keeping everybody safe and healthy and whatnot. So it it, it makes sense that the that anim, the the rise of animation, but f- frankly, that's why we have this show, you know, because the things that we grew up enjoying and watching, well, the decision makers are our ages now. So now they're bringing that stuff back and they're bringing it to the forefront and they're making it cool. Like that's the, the pop lecture, the pop culture lexicon is ruled by nerds like us, which is, you know, which is another reason that you see this rise in animation. But yeah, I I think it's cool, man. I, I do. As long as they are able to keep telling compelling stories, it doesn't matter if it's live action or if it's animated. All we want is the stories. So, yeah, if they can continue to crank out bomb-ass content, go for it, man. I'm here for it. This is why I have you on this show, to save the best for last so you can really get involved in all this stuff. At the end. See, Chris, there's a method to my fucked-up madness, and here now you're seeing it all come to fruition, baby. No, Dave. Chris, Chris can bullshit his way through anything except a specific episode of a series he's never they fucking seen. They already told us everything Shut we're going to need to know about Lock and Key, <laughs> and they haven't watched a fucking episode, so I have got nothing but faith in these two guys. Ray, I know you've watched a lot of animation as well. Your thoughts on on, on the rise of animation, I, I really feel like this second year of Bandwagon Nerds, we saw a surge in that i think even patrick would would agree with i think patrick would agree i didn't mean to say even patrick would agree with that if he was here as well uh what are your thoughts you saw a lot of animation you saw the same stuff i did both my co-hosts had fantastic answers and i want to steal from a little bit of both of them there's one thing tony said in particular that really made me think and i want to touch on and that is that um and there's always been animation right i think when you think of animation, you think of like Pixar or Disney or things of that nature. I think I don't think this was the rise of animation. I think this was the rise of adult animation. Because for the longest, the only animation for adults had to be comedy. Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park. And now you see legitimate mediums, like Chris said, you just we want great stories. Doesn't matter how we get them as long as they're great stories. 
at least in the mainstream. At least in the mainstream. There's been underground things, but at least in the mainstream. Well, yeah, yeah sure, sure, sure. Right, right, it's right, stuff right. that everybody can get to, absolutely. But so now you have a show like Invincible that completely subverts everything you've seen from a comic uh, medium on its head. You see What If that completely subverts everything you've seen from a comic medium on its head. You have the revival of old shows like um, Masters of the Universe. You have Arcane, which is something completely new. So the, we're in a world now where I think people realize, number one, as long as the shit is good, I don't care what it is. And number two, you spoke about that it's expensive to do um, animation. Not as much as you think because so much of this shit is already computer generated. This isn't the days where you got to have a man literally write it. The days of, of the old Pixar studios where you have to do like a page, one page for one frame anymore. You know, this shit is computer generated at a certain point. It's so, done on a tight schedule, too. You don't have to worry about outside elements, you know. 100%. South Park literally does their show in one week to stay relevant because they've gotten it so perfect and they got this the, the computer generated shit is so good. So we're in a world now where it's you can do so what we saw in what if particular let's particularly use that last episode the ultron episode where the guardians of the multiverse you can't make that look like that in real life it but the way it, the way they were able to make it look uh on animation gave such a better idea and view to the viewer so i think this is the rise of adult animation and the rise of accepting animation as a legit medium that's not niche and that's what i would say and just to put a bow on all this shout out to all the kids movies pixar had a great year right luca and soul Soul. and so many other movies that came out so this isn't just the rise of adult animation animation was great all year yeah absolutely i'm glad you mentioned soul because that was one that you guys were i mean we were all i i eventually saw it after you guys talked about it that one episode where i think it was wonder woman 84 came out Space Jam. Yeah. Space Jam. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you and Ray, you mentioned Masters of the Universe Revelation, and then they rebooted the whole freaking Masters of the Universe series anyway on Netflix to kind of mixed reactions. So yeah, animation is is a big deal. And, and if it's from a storytelling standpoint, there are things you can do in animation, like you were saying, Ray, that you really can't do live action. And it does create opportunities to tell stories that may not be practical. Like we've speculated, could they do a whole thing about Luke's Jedi Academy with Grogu animated if they didn't want to go and do it live action and tell the story of how and what goes wrong with probably Kylo and, and you know, you're, does he kill Grogu? That sort of thing. And do you do it through that you're medium? You're more likely to get Mark Hamill involved if you do. Well, you could use his voice and then you wouldn't have to worry about all the CGI technology to de-age him or to just do a completely CGI character. So there's, uh, there is a lot of opportunity there. Animation, I think is an area that we're going to see grow. I I love seeing Marvel become relevant in the animation standpoint of things. Um, That was, that was huge because DC has dominated animation for good reason. I mean, they don't put out, it's like, it's like the exact inverse of the live action stuff. You know, the comparison between the two companies, it's the complete opposite. So what if was big for Marvel to get into the animation game? Speaking of movies, though, I wanted to talk about that. We returned to the movie theater this year, guys. Movies came back in a big, big, big way. And last year, the first season of Bandwagon Nerds, the pandemic hit, everything shut down. You know, we didn't get to see it. It was like 
I remember we reviewed Rise of Skywalker in the first year, and that was it. Then the pandemic hit and nothing else came out. This year, Christmas Day kind of broke things down a little bit. And and you could go back to the movie theaters, yes, but most of us watched Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max. And from there, it was off to the races. You know, we had a few months of a delay. And then Ray and I kept bitching about, God damn it, just released Black Widow already. And it took them forever to do that. But along the way, we got Godzilla versus Kong was, you know, out there, which kind of got the ball rolling. Then you started to get the MCU returning and you had Black Widow. You had Shang-Chi. Venom 2 is one of those in association with Marvel movies. Meanwhile, DC, in addition to Wonder Woman 84, put out Suicide Squad. And all these movies got people to go back to the theaters, at least to some extent. Some more than others. I mean, there's and then you you know talk about other movies like Dune, um, which really was an HBO Max thing, but got a lot of people there. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about. I, I, I mean, certainly the DC movies, as is typical, weren't as strong as the Marvel movies. But I, I think when you're looking at the return of movies, you got to talk about the MCU. Phase four officially kicked off. We're going to talk about the shows in just a minute. But Black Widow was a strong entry. Shang-Chi was a tremendously strong entry. We don't know about Eternals yet. I haven't seen it. I'm going to know about that in about an hour and a half. Ray, did you see it yet? Well, you, I, no, I haven't seen it yet. I may go see it tonight. But you did see the I posted a news article right before the show started. It's made $161 million this Weekend, which right. is the second biggest Jesus. this year in terms of first weekend since you know, and this which is a one different was the, year. Was Black Widow number one? I believe Black Widow was number okay. one. Yeah, and 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 it and that's big because we're not we're going to talk Eternals on the on the nerd review this week. What we do know about the movie is it is getting a lot of mixed reviews from critics and fans alike, and. You know, there's a certain narrative going around about people not liking it that I'm not going to get into right now. We can talk about that next week um, as to some of the narrow minded thoughts of people as to why people don't like the movie. It's like, OK, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We're going to see. I mean, there there are issues as to why are we telling the story post Thanos that I'm hoping they will address because that's the biggest thing. But, you know, when you look at Black Widow told a very good story about Black Widow's her backstory, which is what we'd been wanting for a long time. Shang Chi, and I remember this real specifically, Ray, because we talked about it on the show. We're recapping season two when Shang Chi was about to drop in the theaters. We had a discussion on the show about how important that movie was to the future of what they were going to do in the movies, and to whether Eternals would get delayed, whether Spider Man would get delayed. Could a movie based, you know, focused largely on the Asian market? generate the kind of numbers that would let Disney say, yeah, we can continue rolling with the theaters and Shang-Chi just obliterated all expectations and still does. And, you know, then you had Venom two, which kind of tied into the MCU. Um, so movies came back in a big way this year, gentlemen, I'm going to go reverse order. Ray, your thoughts on, on the return of movies. We saw a lot of, a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of stuff that just went straight to streaming and that's all cool. That's all fine. But your thoughts, we all, I think all of us went back to the movies in some respect this year. Yes. I want to get your thoughts about this. To, to, and I'm assuming this, uh, I apologize for this assumption, but to be of the five of us, I'm including Patrick here, to be the person who's probably, who probably went out the least, not work notwithstanding, like, but you know, uh, went out the least, I'm immunocompromised and have medical problems and, um, uh, I helped take care of my grandmother and my stepfather, and both of them are very old and elderly and sick. 
I tried my best to stay in and I went out a bunch to see movies. I, I felt compelled and I felt empowered to do so. Um, we're not going to speak about the pandemic and how that affected things, but I do want to say that I appreciate the notion and the fact that these um, movie studios tried their best to to give us something to do. Right? Um, I, I'm not going to give them no credit for making money. That's what the fuck they do. But, uh, you know, they didn't have to do things like same day, a quiet place comes out, such and such is out, or one woman, one woman comes out same day movies as it does on TV show on on HBO Max or the deals that they made try to to try to recoup costs, but also give the public things to watch. Like you know, I re- I'm old enough to remember. I said old enough from the younger on the show, but when a movie when a movie left theaters, it was six to nine months before you got it. Be able to be, we were able to rent it or see it on demand it's 45 days now because they're mainly because they're trying to recoup costs but because they understand part of it too and this, this is kind of the goodwill function of it or the the, the marketing philanthropy what, whatever stephanie said at that one time the good like it's they got so much goodwill for uh, for during the pandemic allowing people to see things during at home you know like i remember it, it was a big thing for me and my children me and my kids to watch soul First thing Christmas morning, open up the gifts. Once they open up the gifts, we go to the room, sit in the bed and watch Soul and then go back and play with the gifts. That was huge for us. So that's my biggest takeaway from this. Uh, we always do. We always knew we were going to get back into theaters. Going to the movies is an institution. It is something it is a it's, it's as American it's as a, it's, it's as American as as apple pie and racism and steroids. But like <laughs> it's. But it, it it's a beautiful thing to do. A beautiful comparison, Ray. Hey, man, you know America, America the the beautiful, maybe. Uh, but no, I so I'm happy we're back. But I want to appreciate that we movies didn't stop. We didn't say, "Oh, well, we'll we'll get back when the pandemic's over." No, they found a way to keep it going. Movie theaters didn't die like we all like some of us thought they would. Studios didn't die. We were able to keep going and, in turn, got some of the best movies we've gotten in a long time. You mentioned a lot of movies. We didn't mention Free Guy. Free Guy may be the best movie that came out in 2021. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's a good call. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, you raise a good point. Um, it, it see, Movies, as far as the release schedule, stopped. But what the studios were doing behind the scenes, they were obviously very busy because you look at just the compacted schedule in 2021 and, and what's coming in the future. Like from November yeah. to it's like Jesus, could you guys give us a little bit of a break? We can only cover like one, maybe two shows if Ray and I slip Ray Tunney and I slip it in every week, you know. And Patrick doesn't know any better, you know. We can cover two shows, but uh, that sort of thing. But I mean, yeah, there it was a it was a big bounce back year. And Ray, you raised a great point. We all said this before Wonder Woman hit last year, and even after Wonder Woman hit last year. We all speculated. I, Chris, I'm going to get to you in a minute because I know you were part of this speculation. We all wondered, could movies rebound? Could the theaters rebound? Were they, was it a dying tech, not technology, but a dying industry? And we all pretty much thought it was, and it still may, but I think it was more resurgent than any of us anticipated. Tony, I want to kick it to you and then and let Chris bat clean up here. Your thoughts on the return of movies, going back to movie theaters, and just the content 
that we got because Ray raised a good point. A lot of really good stuff came out in a very short. I mean, you look from July on, it was a a a, a sprint, not a marathon. Snyder cut. Oh, we forgot that one. Oh, too. shit. That's oh, the big geez. one. You're right. <laughs> Three of us love it. And then Christopher Platt and Patrick O'Dowd, who's not here. But yeah, we all know that. But Snyder cut was a big deal. Um, whether you yeah, liked it or not, it. it was huge. My, my my favorite movie that I watched this this year of our bandwagon nerds year, our season bandwagon season. Um, loved it. Uh, but but back to going back to movies. I haven't been to the movie theater uh, since the last Star Wars movie. So I plan and 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 if you listen to this show or you listen to me on any other shows or you know me personally, you know my favorite way to go watch a movie at the movie theater is in 3D. And I checked the schedule this weekend, even though I didn't have time on my theater that I like to go to, and it wasn't out in 3D. And I was like, oh, well, fuck. And then I thought, well, they have $5 Tuesdays. I'm like, well, I'll go after work on Tuesday. And then I was like, well, what if I don't go Tuesday? What's the rest of the week look like? I'm off on Thursday. I look at Thursday and it's in 3D. It doesn't start till Wednesday on th- in 3D where I am. So You're talking to turtles, shit. right? Yes. Okay. So Thursday, I'm thinking there's a early afternoon showing in 3D. So I think I'm going to grab lunch and uh, check out the Eternals in 3D. So I'll be happy to talk about it next week. So I am. that's my situation is going. And I'm looking forward to getting back into the movie theater. Right. As much as I don't mind, like, and I'll be honest with you, I have a decent setup, uh, entertainment wise and, and sound and TV and everything. And the majority of the, uh, movies that I've watched on streaming this year, I, I just watch them on my laptop right in front of me. Well, you've got DP in the real Thunderdome right down the street from you. Oh, so yeah. you don't even have to worry well, about that shit. Well, 35 minutes away but yeah he's got the 110 inch hd projection screen but he also just bought like an 80 inch like uh xyz lcd abc one two three tv that's like for gaming that's in front of the projection screen so it's big enough where he's like eh this is good we don't have to bring down the 110 we got 80 inches of high def anyway so yeah fuck him fuck him love him um and I, I always just invite myself over anyway, so I'm not worried about invitations. Scientists are such <laughs> pricks, man. Are 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 you can are you adopting? I'll I'll take a new father. Well, he also like him and Dave go back and forth on uh, the, the the meat thing too, with the smoking and and the making of of excellent food. So it's like, yeah, you know, God help we the ever world all, if we got it together. If we all end up in one compound together, Dave and DP are in charge of grub. That's for sure. It'll be like Goodfellas, man, where they're all cooking up yeah, shit in their you joint. Have your turkey Thursdays, okay, don't worry about it. Turkey I was about to say, I, 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 I resent that remark with all due respects to my consigliere and to my scientists. You know, I, I, I burn as well, sir. That's right. I gets down with the gets down. Mr. Okay? Platt can burn. So it's a cooking work. <laughs> I'm gonna kick it over to Chris. Uh, Tony raised a good point. I know you are not a fan of the uh, Snyder cut of of the Justice League, but Ray does raise an equally good point. That was a big deal. That a fan movement resulted in a four hour cut of a movie being released on a streaming platform. That for most of us, we reacted very favorably to it. I understand you and Patrick hate most everything Zack Snyder does, but go ahead, Tony. I want to ask Platt the question because I know his opinion on this too, on on both sides of it. Though you did enjoy the Snyder cut better than the original cut, correct? 
Well, n- number one, before I answer that, just real quick, uh, why don't you go ask wrestling fans or the wrestling community how it is when fans think they actually have a voice and how, how that works out for everybody. But um, um, I haven't finished it. it. It's just long, man. I, it's hard for me to sit there and watch four hours of a of a Daniel Snyder movie. Not even Daniel. Four hours of a Daniel Bryan movie. There you go. <laughs> no, that, that wasn't even his best movie this year. His best movie was the zombie flick with wow. Dave Batista and uh, James St. Patrick. That, that one too. That was fun. Yep, forgot that, that one was too. fun. That was fun. Um, you know, much like Tony, man, I haven't been back to the theaters yet either. And I'm I'm suffering because that's one of my favorite things to do. I literally love going to the movies. Obviously, it's not just me here. And my better half, she's still a little hesitant to go back into the theater. And I, I respect her wishes. But, yeah, that that's my thing, man. I would love to go. You know, I would go. We would go, what, Saturday, Sunday mornings, go catch a, a 9, 10 o'clock movie in the morning and then go out to eat and you know have a couple drinks and stuff like that and discuss what we what we just watched like that's that was yeah so i'm I'm missing it man i I do want to go back eventually but shout out to the content creators man they have provided us we've been so inundated with content it's hard to keep up like you were saying dave like it, it just one after another everything is just rapid fire there's still a lot of stuff that i'm trying to catch up on but thanks you know I me mean? seriously, like all from the bottom of my heart, man. No, no, no joke. All jokes aside, man, from the bottom of my heart, thank you all, content creators, for giving us something to take our minds off of the craziness that was this past year. I mean, you know, this past year was crazy when the leader of North Korea faked his death to to smoke out the insurgents and and the traitors in his camp, and the government finally admitted to to the uh, existence of UFOs. And those weren't even like in the top hundred things that happened this past year. Like that's how crazy yeah. this past year has been. Yeah, that's and it, it's been. That's a hell of Go a ahead. point. No, you're. I mean, yeah, UFOs are real. Ah, fuck it. Black Widow's been delayed. <laughs> Black Widow's been delayed again. Hey, one more thing I want to say about movies real, real fast. Shout out to the fact that this is the first year I can remember that streaming services, the movies from streaming services, are in the theaters. Army of the Dead was in theaters. Things are like that are in the theaters. They're not just strictly on Netflix. Like you can go watch them on the big screen too. That's that's a big, I think, a big thing too. Oh, absolutely. And uh, this is as good a time as any to mention the moment that the industry really shifted this year. Something we talked about ad nauseum was the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit. Uh, that lawsuit brought to light the how the industry had evolved. And it wasn't just about movie theaters anymore. How do we quantify how successful a movie is? How do we compensate our actors for this work that they're doing in an environment that's not, it's not premised on the same foundation that it used to be. And that lawsuit redefined the roles of everybody involved. And we all predicted it would settle out of court and it did, but you can already see the domino effect going on as to how, these situations are going to be approached from here on out, you know, as far as compensating actors. But it also, you see how Disney reacted to it. Shit, you know, we don't want to get do this stuff anymore. So let's put all of our movies theater only, and at least initially. Let them see how well they do in their first 45 days because that's when they're going to make most of their money. And then we won't have to deal with this contract renegotiation bullshit and we'll we'll pick it up from there. So, you know, we covered it in ad nauseum. Like I said, you're, you guys are <laughs> with me that 
the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit ties into this subject of movies and streaming very f- appropriately at this point <laughs> and how that really changed the industry. Chris is having a good time over here. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I recall on a sunny day in November yelling at the four of you with Patrick O'Dowd included that that particular scenario was an inevitability. And when you know it, who won the pony? I don't remember that conversation. <laughs> that's, no, I'm just that's why, Yeah, yeah, of course you do. So, of course you do. Well, that's why I'm laughing. I, I can tell you Hogan wanted to be in the NWO and Sting was the one who was hesitant. <laughs> no, Mabel was the third man. What are you talking I'm about? about? Say, where, yeah, where's, where's Mabel at? Told you so. BTW. <laughs> Premium content. Get the Patreon account and the login number ready so you can get premium content for thechairshot.com. But anyway, your, your guys, I mean, like we said, we talked the shit out of this whole thing. You got anything to add as to the how that lawsuit pretty much redefined the industry as we know it right now? Well, that's why I put a pin in. Shout out to the movie theaters. They have bounced back tremendously. But I put a pin in their back or this is sustainable. I, I just want to see how things play out because I... I just want to see how everything plays out because the studios learned that they can make money through the streaming and I'm sure it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> you know what I mean? So stay tuned. That's what I'll say. I, I think things are going to get interesting and things are going to look a lot different on the other side of this than uh, they did going into this, not just entertainment, but just in, you know, just life in general, like we'll never be the same. So stay tuned. That's all I say. Raymond. Oh, okay. I was going to tell you go first. Um, Platt is right. Streaming is not stream movies going directly to streaming isn't going away because with these move these movie studios have to make a a deal with the actual movie companies, Cinemark and whatever the other ones, Regal and whatever the places are. Whereas if they do it through their own medium, Disney Plus, for example, HBO Max, for example. They get their own money back, and so while we we did we we talked about the numbers of uh, signups that Wonder Woman eighty four caused, and that Zack Snyder cut caused, and it's it's it's, it's ridiculous amounts of numbers, you know. So yes, I think movies are the best medium to do it because that's what we know, it's what we've done for the entirety of our privileged lives here. But man, it ain't a bad thing for these premiere uh, content movies or whatever on Disney Plus, where you get it right when you want it for as long as you want it for twenty bucks. Keep it moving. That ain't a bad idea. So, but the most important thing that the ScarJo lawsuit did wasn't even involving ScarJo, because you saw that um, Emma Stone got her real for Cruella, another movie that came out by the way. Now, as other people got their re-ups before ScarJo did. The only problem with ScarJo was the writing of the contract. I guarantee you the writing of the contracts will change. If they're not going to say, hey, you get a portion of the proceeds of this movie anymore, that's going to be gone. Because ain't no telling when that shit ever going to happen again. So I think that's a big difference in how these big stars get paid. So yeah, that a lot changed with that lawsuit that didn't even involve ScarJo. Tony, millionaires and billionaires arguing doesn't interest me in the least. Unless it's sports, huh? Not even there, really. 
All right. Well, that's 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 all fair enough. So yeah, the movie industry has bounced back, and it's an evolving, moving target in a lot of areas. Last thing I want to talk about is, is something near and dear to all of our hearts: streaming services, because we cover a lot of shows, and, and this year was no exception. Um, you know, I think we started season two with the Mandalorian, where Ray came in, watched the Mandalorian. We had the return of Luke Skywalker. What's up, Tony? Listen. Uh, like it or not, R. Kelly, this is the golden age of streaming right here. This is uh, this is true. Yes, nicely done. <laughs> Raceless beside himself. <laughs> but trip, uh, trip, no. trip, trip. But we had that. Trip. Oh, trip. No. Trip. Haters want to no. hate. Me. Haters no. want to love. I'm going to piss on you. <laughs> yes, trip, I do. Trip, piss on you. Some of you. All right, guys, focus. I gotta get out. I gotta get out of here and go to the movies. We gotta wrap this up, baby. So look, <laughs> you're the. I know I'm the, the host. I'm the one fucking it all up. But no, I mean we had a uh, Mandalorian season two, which ended with one of the, I mean one of the greatest episodes or one of the greatest content, arguably in the history of Star Wars. I think we all said that when it came out, that the way that the Mandalorian season two ended was like, I mean, redemptive and almost away from a lot of the stuff with Star Wars. But we covered a lot. I mean. I don't think we can have this conversation without talking the MCU shows and going into it. We didn't know, okay, are these really part of the MCU or are they just kind of sort of there? And we got the answer right off the bat with WandaVision that, Oh, these are most definitely part of the MCU. You got WandaVision. We saw how that went down and the Mephisto theories running rampant the entire time that was going on never came to fruition. Then we had Falcon and winter soldier, which was a very different kind of series but it passed the mantle of Captain America on to Sam. And then we had Loki that really introduced one of the bigger characters in the Marvel Universe, Kang, wrapped it around the whole concept of the TVA, Time Variant Authority, and created the multiverse along the way. So those three shows, and what if you already kind of talked about that, which isn't necessarily canon, but might not be as well. We got Hawkeye coming up as Ray as... Yes, there you go. You held the one end, Ray. You've got your archery tactic down. We've got all that stuff happening. Um, the MCU shows were massive this year, redefined everything and cre- gave Marvel so much flexibility to tell the story they want to tell. And each one of those series was so different from each other and very important. Uh, I, I think I want to start there and I want to go to Chris first and see. I know you watched some of these shows. I don't know if you watched all of them, but the MCU kicking off phase four, which was an audible because of the pandemic and kicking off phase four with streaming as opposed to the big screen. Uh, what were your thoughts on those shows and how that kind of really reset the table? So, yeah, I watched all those shows. But and Dave, you, you literally stole my thunder with that last sentence, because that's what I was going to say, that these shows set the table for what's next to come in the MCU. And, but on top of that, they also had the audacity to be really entertaining and compelling content and really good shows. Like, I enjoyed all of them. They were all vastly different in tone and tenor, but it all works. And, you know, it's like a, it's almost like a pot of gumbo. Like, you know what I mean? You, you put a little bit here, put a little bit there, and then you put it all together, stir it up, and you get phase four or whatever the fuck we're on now. Um, that last episode of Loki, I still go back and watch that from time to time because Jonathan Majors act cooked, absolutely cooked. And he's 
my favorite young actor. Like I'm, I've, I've bought up all the Jonathan Major stock, all of it. Like I think he is the. I think the mantle has been passed from the Denzels and the Don Cheadles. I think he's the one. He's he's the next in line. Michael B. Jordan's there as well, and there's a couple other you know guys out there that are great. But yeah, I'm 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 all in on John, everything Jonathan Majors. But yeah, the, these were just table setters for where we're going. And shout out to Marvel because I mean for a moment the MCU was really the only game that we had in town as everybody was trying to figure out what the hell are we going to do next. You know what I mean? With all things considered and everything that we went through this past year. So, yeah, uh, shout out to the MCU. And it's going to be interesting to see where we go from here. Tony, your thoughts on these MCU shows, which I know you watched all of them as well. It's just streaming's phenomenal overall. You know, when you when you cut it down into the, the, the three streamings we had from the MCU there on Disney Plus, you, you have to you can't not bring this up and not account for the absolute hallmark moment of Disney plus streaming here with Marvel. I mean, to get the YMCA shield training in the backyard with <laughs> the basketball hoop pads wrapped around the trees. I, I mean, fantasy camp, anyone, I mean, come on now. Uh, what shark is interested? I'm seeking $400,000 for three and a half percent of my company. Um, it's known as YMCA shield camp training. Go America. <laughs> Ray, I don't know how you're going to top that. Go America. Um, non-linear storytelling. Something the MCU has always done well, but has changed the game with how they did it with their television streaming show service, streaming service shows. And it's funny because my good friend, Mr. Peter Chris, will, will tell you that the best thing on TV is the Arrowverse. And it's good. But Marvel said, when we give a fuck, we can show y'all that, that y'all's little Arrowverse ain't shit. Because they came out the gate with maybe the best, maybe the best 10 episodes of television you'll see all year at WandaVision. Still ain't seen backdoors, no Backdoor that with the amazingly powerful Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Then you backdoor that with the mind fuck that was Loki. And then you give us what if. And then, of course, you give us the best one all of all, Hawkeye, coming November 24th. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. It's been just been a great year for streaming services for, for um, the MCU in general. And the MCU has shown, number one, uh, we can we can focus on characters who didn't get a chance to get focused on Jimmy Woo, Darcy, people like that. Um, but also that you ain't got you have to pay attention to everything now. You don't have to just go to the movies and see it because the secondary and tertiary stories still matter and are being led because Sam Wilson got the mantle of Captain America on a television show. And now he's going to his own movie and will probably be the leader of the Avengers in the next Avengers movie. You don't know that if you don't watch Captain America and the Winter Soldier. So it's just beautifully done. Um, um, yeah, love it. Yeah, and, and there's how so long? Go ahead, Chris. Uh, I, I apologize, Dave. Just real quick, man. How long before uh, Disney overtakes Netflix as the industry leader in terms of streaming? A couple years. You maybe? know what's happening. Maybe. Yeah. Couple I, years. You, you know what's coming, though, right? Tony's not sold on it. <laughs> Maybe. 
<laughs> that's a solid maybe, folks. That's a solid maybe. Um, I don't think we, you know, we as far as other streaming stuff, I mean, Doom Patrol, we've been covering that. That show's phenomenal. Ray, I know you've been watching Titans, which I know you've been really, uh, really into ex- as well, right? So disappointed that my compatriots don't, weren't into it. Titans was fantastic for 13 episodes. Ray, I guarantee you I can predict Titans and what's going on better than you and Chris did Lock and Key. Or maybe not. I guarantee I guarantee you, you can't. That's how crazy. <laughs> there's Steve a character Titans named was. Robin a... in there, right? I, I'm just guessing yeah. there's a character named Robin in there. You know that y'all seen the first two and, seasons. And, and Jason Todd, I think he's in there as well, and he's a douchebag, right? Todd. Am I am I right? Todd. Right? The the Bandwagon Nerds podcast is at Chairshot Radio and Chairshot Media. We'll see y'all next week. Jason Todd, ain't that the dude that shot Lincoln? Uh, no. I kid, I kid. I know who Jason Todd is. I'm being serious. Jason Todd's the guy who shot himself. Oh no, that's Kurt Cobain. I'm sorry. No, damn. But there's Damn. other. There's... <laughs> Damn. Damn. Dave coming down on the Courtney, Courtney Love side of the game. But there's also other shows <laughs> that Lock and Key we've talked about. Um, this is Pop. We got to give out a shout out that show that we covered with Patrick. And that was very eclectic. That 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 was a, a very interesting show to cover. We got stuff coming down the pike. We got The Witcher season two, which Ray doesn't care about. We got Hawkeye, which Ray does care about. We got Cobra Kai season four. Which Ray cares about. There you go. Um, Streaming has never been stronger. Uh, You got got The Walking Dead's final season is going to be kicking off in February. We got Fear the Walking Dead going on. You've got, geez, there's so much great content out there. The Boys. The Boys coming back sometime this year. Season 3. Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time. That starts on in just, what, November 19th? Jesus, so yeah. Game of Thrones yeah, a game of Game of Thrones prequel. I I want to end this episode though. We've looked backwards. Let's look forward a little bit. Big event coming up. I think it's this Friday, right? Disney Plus Day. Chris is talking about how how quick it's going to be before Disney Plus overtakes everything. Um, this is going to be a big day for Disney Plus. I want to start off. I'm going to kick it to PC Tunney first. I know he's milling around here somewhere. Disney Plus Day is going to be a, probably a big deal. We saw what happened last year when Ray Cash was feeding us Twitter updates literally minute by minute by minute as they broke the internet so badly that it caused Mr. O'Dowd to re-flip our agenda for an episode. The Holiday Project got condensed into like one week instead of two because of uh, of the, the Disney Investor Day last year, which we are all thinking Disney Plus Day is going to mimic that this year. Mr. Tunney, what do you want to see most out of Disney Plus Day? Huh? I want to see Mickey. Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa. I... Oh, Rick James, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I love your buildup, and I'm and I'm excited for it. I feel these nipples, but I don't know because I want to see something that I don't know about. Does that make sense? It does. Like I know we're gonna get, I know we're gonna get Marvel this, Marvel that. We'll probably get some more Hawkeye preview content and things of that nature, right? Let the let it, let them both go, Ray. Let them both go. Yep, hold one, hold one in, Ray. Unless you're Gene uh, Ray, you want to hold one there in. There goes Ray. Ray's magic, Ray's magic bow and arrow. He lets go of the bow and, and it's it goes and he just holds the arrow. The bow kills the guy. Um, I'm shooting backwards. Yeah. I'm looking forward to what I don't know about. That's what I'm looking forward to. Like last year, all the announcements that we had no idea were, were on the horizon. But 
I, and I think we're going to see more. Yeah. Chris, anything uh, you got your eyes on for Disney Plus Day that you want to see them talk about or reveal? You, you know, Dave, speaking of Jean Grey, that's what I would like to see. I want to see the reveal of the X-Men. You know, the X-Men the or X- the X-Men? X-Men? The X-Men. The X-Men. Not eczema. X-Men. The, the X-Men. That would be cool. That'd be great did if they actually the X- give. Did he, did he say the excrement? No. No, no. I said the X-Men. Like, X-Men. like last year where they did that breakdown and you just had the Fantastic Four thing. Just give me the X logo at the end of this bitch and I, I would be on board with that. That's all when I you, need, yes. When you say the, the X-Men, do you mean like DeAndre X-Men? No, no. I'm talking about Professor Xavier and the X-Men. The excrement? The X-Men. Is that a, is that a, is that Ohio is that an Ohio thing that you're saying? No, yet? Is that what no, it is? No, it's a Christopher thing. Uh, you, oh. you, trust me, if Amber listens to this episode, she's gonna roll her eyes because for the last like 12 months, I've been running around the house talking about the X Men. Don't worry, Kriba, I rolled my eyes enough for you right there. <laughs> <laughs> Ray, Ray, what do you what do you most want to see out of Disney Plus Day? The first off, let me say I was wrong. What? Because well, that's never been said before. Never. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's a first Shut time up. everything. It's a Christmas uh, miracle. Let's go live to Christopher Platt in the field. Uh, go ahead, Chris. This is breaking news. You know it always takes a second. Yeah, Tony. So, yeah, I'm here live. And believe it or not, hell has frozen over, ladies and gentlemen. The one, the only, the illustrious, the Reverend Ray Cash has admitted fault. Back to you, Tony. I don't know why I keep coming back. <laughs> Ray, what don't were know. you wrong about? This, this, not the fact that he was, I mean, that's one thing that he was wrong, but I just want to know what. So I didn't think Disney Plus Day was going to be similar to a Disney Investor Day. Because I know they had mentioned that the hook for Disney Plus Day was the streaming premiere of Shang of Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Disney J- Jungle Cruise would be available. The Home Home Sweet Home Alone sh- uh, movie, the remake of the Home Alone series, and so on and so forth. So many new shows that were coming. I thought it was just like a season premiere day, but I'm on Disney Media, and it, they're saying that this is the first inaugural one that is going to. Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, and National Geographic, along with The Simpsons, set to debut an array of new content and highlight exclusive programming coming to the service. So I was wrong. I thought it was just a season premiere day, but it is apparently, the, I guess, the revamped Disney Investor Day because D23 is cool for them, but Disney Investor Day is for all of us. Um, with that being said, yes, it'd be cool to see what the future of Marvel is going to be. Um, I want to continue to see more about what Pixar is doing, um, what new Disney stuff is in the pike. Um, I'd love to see maybe not dates, maybe not even trailers, but some casting information for some of these people. I Did you go ahead and give John Krasinski and Emily Blunt Fantastic Four? Because they've been wanting he's been wanting that for 10 years. Did you go ahead and give it to him? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And uh, yeah, holla at me about what we're doing for Mandalorian 3 and uh, give me a date for Ahsoka because that should be next before we get some time in the summer before we get to Mandalorian, whatever they do that. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, man, I love this shit because I, I will be, my friends call me Ray Cash Sap 
because I'm the one I'm the one that be giving all the scoops. So I um, or Ray Schefter. <laughs> Ray Schefter. <laughs> I'm with you. I it, from a trailer standpoint, here's what I really want to see. Give me the trailer for Mandalorian season three. Give me a trailer for Kenobi. That's the one that I really want to see. Is is Kenobi coming before Ahsoka? I, I think thought Ahsoka so. was first. I don't know. I okay. think Kenobi might I'm be here coming. for that too. But both of those are gonna be fire. And, and if you give me an Ahsoka trailer with Hayden Christensen showing up as a force ghost, I'm all in. That'd be awesome. From the Marvel standpoint side of things, I don't really think I need any more trailers. Well, wait, we're gonna get, I guarantee you know what we're gonna get, Ray? The next trailer for No Way Home. I'm pretty sure you're going to get the next trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home on Disney Plus Day. That's going to melt the internet. It, y'all did hear the, the the reasoning why it's been so long, right? No. Because Disney and Sony were fighting over the fact that they want to... Re- they want were they, were they going to reveal oh. Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield right. on, in the trailer? Right. And, and I so. think we're going to get the answer to that. Um, I, I think like... I want to see like kind of like a schedule for the streaming shows. We know a bunch of them are coming. We know She-Hulk's coming. We know Moon Knight's coming. We know what Ironheart or, or is coming or, or which was the one with um with Riri. Which one is that one, Ray? Ironheart. Okay, so we know that's coming. Um, Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel was actually supposed to be at Miss Marvel was supposed to be after Hawkeye, but they pushed it back. Yes. Yeah. So we, I, I'd like to see dates. You know, we, I know we're cramming this all down our throats. They push back a lot of the movies. You got to figure maybe they want to bring some of the streaming shows in and fill that gap. Um, yeah. Give me a release date for Fantastic Four. Give me just the X logo, like Chris was saying. I'll be happy. I think it's going to be a really big day for um, for for Disney Plus and Marvel and and Star Wars especially. I think a lot of stuff about Star Wars is coming. And guys, that I think is going to bring us to an end of episode 104, season two finale. I just want to say I want to thank you guys. And of course, I want to thank Mr. O'Dowd. I know he's listening for everything for this second season of Bandwagon Nerds. It has been a hell of a ride. I want to thank our, I think we're up to 24 loyal listeners based on that last poll, Ray, right? 24, maybe. 23 and a half. 23 and a half. That half, yeah. is, a, is, that half is a bot that just keeps repeating Sweet. the same show bots, over bot, We need all the bots we can get. I want to thank everybody out there who's been listening for all your support. Shout out to Omar Spahi. I didn't want to leave him off. We, he was our big guest of honor on episode 100. I think today's his birthday. Happy birthday, Omar. Uh, lots of great stuff happened here in season two. More great stuff. Season three is going to be just nonstop. Uh, I'm not sure how many list shows we're going to have time for, but I leave that up to Mr. O'Dowd, although we might have something fun coming for the season premiere. And you guys have maybe promised to come up with a new theme song for season three. No pressure. No pressure at all. No, I, I like the fucking Metallica like the can't fuck- come out with an album. But once every 10 years, you guys want me to come up Boy, with a new song. Dave, you're turning you're turning into some kind of monster, aren't you? I know. All right, guys. I, my wife just came in here and said, you got to get off this fucking thing in 15 show's minutes. Show's over. Yeah, show's over, right, bitches. Cool. Uh, before well, you can we, find before me at we... BC20 on Twitter and Facebook. Peace. <laughs> Mr. Platt, where can people locate your velvet pipes and your sometimes working microphone? I'm on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Make sure y'all go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shop. Pick up an official chair shop t-shirt. Congratulations for season two, fellas, and the best is yet to come. Those Platt Blast t-shirts are available on eBay. Ray, where can people check you out on uh, social media networks? And in Cambodia. That's right. Cam- <laughs> Cambodian eBay. Don't they it's normally take C- It's Seabay.
don't shows normally take breaks after season's end? Well, I got to come back to work next week. We're like wrestling. It's the same thing with WWE. Their season finale, and they're going back right the very next fucking They're week. scripted. They're fake. We're real. That's right. I'm, sure, I'm at this Ray Cash. R-E-Y-S-M Mysterio. C-A-S-H as in cat, as in dollars. Um, cashed potatoes and gravy. And you can check me out on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. And on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And of course, make sure you're checking out Bandwagon Nerds at our official Twitter page at Bandwagon Nerds. That is it for season two, folks. Next week, who knows what we will find for the debut, the season debut next week, season three debut. You've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds. Of course, I got to mention what Chris said. Get out of the basement. Get some sun. Step into the rain. Play in the snow if you're lucky enough to be in like Anchorage or some shit like that. But you've been listening to Bandwagon Nerds, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network on TheChairShot.com. You can't stand the rain. You can't stand the rain, no. When it starts to pour. When it starts to pour. Oh. oh. <laughs> Don't say the sex makes the sex spectacular. I'm sorry. My bad. I'm going to shut up. I think we'll close on that one. Good one, guys. The show starts in one... Shame. No fancy perfumes, or fancy bottles, or fancy prices. Uh-uh. A man wants to smell like a man. He sure does, and Aqua Velva congratulates Pete Rose on his record-breaking hitting streak. We're prouder than ever that Pete Rose is an Aqua Velva man. You know, Pete, there really is something about an Aqua Velva man.